God, Cats is so good. Lay off the catnip and listen to the Uncut Gems podcast, a weekly show where we talk about movies nobody else wants to talk about. This is episode number 57 and my name's Jakub. And my name's Nick. And today we have two guests together with us. So we have Carson back with us. Carson tomorrow's in the house. How are you, Carson? What's up, my cool cats and kittens? I'm excited to talk about this iconic film. And I am in full cat makeup, which I know you can't see, but I want you to visualize that. Awesome, and also look what the cat dragged in. Like, <laughs> yes, uh, we have we have also another guest with us who's been absent for a, for a while. So, but it's wonderful to have him back on the show. So, Carl Kriegbaum is with us. Carl, how are you doing? Meow. I'm so excited to talk about cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, we've we've been we. <laughs> We've been through the litter box and we found that movie to talk about. Anyway, anyway, thanks for having all of us and thanks for tuning in to listen. Before we start, just a quick customary reminder that we have recently released a brand new episode of our 2022 David Lynch Marathon on our Patreon, where we talked about The Elephant Man and that was a great conversation. So you can have a listen to a 10-minute teaser available on our regular podcast feed and on, on and on through uncutgemspodcast.com as well. And you can head over to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash uncutgemspod to subscribe. Three bucks a month will unlock all of our sort of <clears throat> podcasts that we have in there. So no tears, no 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 special treatments, just three bucks. That's, that's all it takes. And then you'll also have access to the recent retrospective we did on musicals like all that jazz dancer in the dark sweeney todd and as well as a bonus tying episode that month this month that we did on sunset boulevard tying into somewhere which is an episode we did two weeks back so yeah head over there to subscribe patreon.com spot is the place now last week we talked to mamma mia and mamma mia here we go again holy shit that, that was an episode <laughs> it's just yeah it was great just go and listen so if you're wondering what sorcery is, is this that Carson is with us for two weeks straight, it is because we are going to talk about Tom Hooper's adaptation of Cats. So let's get into it, shall we? Turn your face to the inspired by a collection of poems by T.S. Eliot and adapted from an eponymous stage production. This I'm avoiding the word iconic, by the way. Out of all things, I think that would apply. Anyway, stage production by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Sorry, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. 
Cats is co-written and directed by Tom Hooper, who previously did King's Speech, Les Miserables, and The Danish Girl. And it stars Francesca Hay- Hayward, James Corden, Judy Dench, sorry, Dame Judy Dench, <laughs> and Ian McKellen, sorry, Sir Ian McKellen. So <laughs> much royalty. A lot, of, a lot of knights, right? <laughs> Sir Idris Elba, Jennifer Hudson, Taylor Swift, and Rebel Wilson, and I think a few bunch of, and a, a bunch of other people in a story about a young white cat, Victoria, that's Hayward, abandoned on the streets of London in the middle of the night and found by a clouder or a clutter or a glaring of glaring, I think that's the word, a collective noun for cats, for stray cats, called the Jellicles, who uh, take her under the wi- their wing and show her their world. I can show you the world. <laughs> and they, <laughs> as they prepare for an annual ball, after which one of them would be chosen to be granted a new life. Now, believe it or not, despite the fact that or the original 1981 musical was a massive hit, and to this day it remains, I think, one of the most successful musicals musicals of all time, not just the West End or whatever. It's just made them oh, billions and billions and billions of dollars, right? Second only to The Lion King, Phantom of the Opera, and Mamma Mia. <laughs> it took a while for a proper cinematic treatment to get off the ground at some point it was developed as an animated feature which was eventually dropped and in 2013 andrew lloyd weber sorry sir andrew lloyd weber revealed that universal apparently greenlit uh, production of a live action adaptation of his work and in 2016 tom hooper was confirmed as the director of his project and anne hathaway and a hugh jackman were approached to star with with whom hooper did les miserables but they declined and they eventually settled on a cast led by Francesca Hayward and Stephen McRae, who were both ballet dancers rather than Hollywood stars. Although filming was supposed to rely heavily on practical makeup and prosthetics to transform actors into cats, Hooper did not like the effects and did, decided to opt for CGI effects instead. This opened up a whole new can of worms, which I think we'll get to, because the filmmakers in charge of the project had very little knowledge of what to realistically expect from such a move and presented immense demands to the VFX houses hired to work for them. Horror stories emerged during production about grueling working hours and unreasonable demands coming from Hooper's crew, which drastically affected production timelines and ballooned the budget of the film, which settled at around, I want to say, a $100 million mark before marketing. In effect, the VFX team spent like six months producing a two-minute trailer and had to complete the film in under four months after that to make the deadline of it being released within the window of eligibility for, for the Oscars. Production was rushed, and then when the film eventually opened, it had a bunch of glitches and errors, which is, yeah, we'll probably get to it, right? Uh, which were later corrected. Cats was critically panned as a result, because, and well, not as a result of that, it just was panned and presented a great opportunity for some saucy critics to pour their vitriol using feline related puns, such as calling the film an amusable and clawful mistake, despite its formidable cast. <laughs> yeah, ironically. Despite the filmmakers' rush to make it eligible for the Oscars, just about barely, the Academy did not recognize the film at all, and instead Cats was nominated for nine Razzies, of which it won six. As a result, it now features on many lists as uh, one of the worst films ever made. Which brings us to here and now. What is your opinion on Cats? Is it really an inexcusable flop and a stain on cinema as an art form, or maybe the world in 2019 failed to see the film's genius and, and it is a masterpiece, masterpiece, masterpiece in hiding? Or maybe is it so bad it's good? I don't know. What What is your take on Cats? Carson, you tell me. <laughs> okay, so I want to paint my history with Cats. First time I saw it was a press um, screening, which happened directly after the press screening for Rise of Skywalker. Pretty, pretty like big double feature right there with two films 
I'm, I ended up loving and everyone else hated, which is funny. But I watched it and I was shocked. I, I didn't, I was just confused. You know, like when you first go through puberty and you're just like confused. That's how I felt. I was just watching this and things were places I didn't think they should have been. And then all of a sudden Judy Dench is licking her pussy and it was like, oh my God, what is happening? So then I, and she does, she, it's objective. I'm not, you know, and, and she's a cat, so it works. So then I saw it again with friends. So do, do cats it, lick their pussies? <laughs> well, Judy Dench does. We'll get to it. Old Deuteronomy does. Sorry, so, Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> Oscar <laughs> nominee. Oscar, Oscar nominee. So, so a few weeks later, I went back with my friends in the public release. And it was miserable. It was one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life. The entire theater were silent, taking it super seriously to the point where I giggling at cats, which looks like it does, got a woman, prompted a woman to turn around and say, can you shut up? <laughs> so it was bad. So I left and I thought I hated cats. I was with everyone else. I was like, cat sucks. The quarantine hit. The COVID pandemic happened. And, you know, throughout this entire time, the songs are stuck in my head. I'm at work humming Jellical Cats. I'm out there. I'm Busta for Jones. You know, like, it's iconic song. Sorry, Jakob. So I watch the play version, which is recorded because it was free or something during quarantine. And I was like, you know what? I'm having a lot of fun with this. So then since then, I've watched Cats maybe about 10 times. And each time, it gets so much better than the last. I love Cats. Here's the thing. You can critically analyze this film and be like, oh, the plot isn't great. Oh, the character motivation. What but plot? like, the there is a <laughs> plot. Character. Number one, that's the dumbest critique I've we'll, ever heard we'll, anyone we'll, say. We'll get, to, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to it. <laughs> but like, the point of Cats is not to have some deep moral exploration of like themes or whatever. The point of the play, which is highly successful, one of the most successful plays of all time, is to go stare at people in really weird costumes that feel weirdly sexual, but they're cats, and see them dance around. The movie itself is just that. It is a bunch of cats, or well, people who look absolutely disgusting in CGI, which is the best replacement for the absolutely disgusting costumes, run around in, in this beautiful production design, by the way, and visual effects with like the behind the scenes area, and sing catchy songs, and that's it. And it's fun. I like if you cannot have fun with cats, I get it if the music is not your style. Again, like with Mamma Mia, but Mamma Mia had that edge to where I was like, you know what? There's some really great emotions here. Cats doesn't have that. Cats is just trying to be fun, and it's so much fun. There's not a better film to like get a little buzzed for, put on your cat makeup, and go and like sing Mr. Mistopheles at the top of your lungs. It's amazing. As you do. As <laughs> I do quite often, actually. So put in just for people at home, because you don't know, Carson's wearing cat makeup. Just to put it yeah. in perspective. <laughs> because I'm ready. Because <laughs> I'm a true critic. This is what <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes approve, baby. Um, is this what they yeah. demand? It's like in the in an email. It's like, if you ever discuss cats on a podcast, this is what you need to do. <laughs> I, sent, I sent them this picture and I said, put me in. And they did. So I don't know. I Like, it's not great, right? Like, we're not going to sit here and lie and say this is a deep experience. But it's fun. You know, that's my first statement. I'm happy that you're happy. Kyle. Tell me what you think about Cats. <laughs> so this was my second time watching Cats. Um, I watched it for the first time last year for uh, for my podcast, uh, Kyle and Jordan Cinema Shakedown. And nice, nice gentle plug. Thank you. <laughs> and I am morbidly fascinated by this film because almost everything is wrong with it, but it is 
fun. I will I will concede that I do have fun watching this moment movie at times. I think that the set design, I'll agree with Carson, the set design is 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 pretty impressive. Um I think that the performances are are somewhat compelling, some of them. And I <laughs> and I and I do enjoy some of the songs. Particularly a run of songs near the end. There's like three or four bangers in a row and like I, I'm I'm enjoying them. I'm bopping to them, but it's a disgustingly made film. Tom Hooper is incompetent. He he didn't he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know like what the visual effects artists were gonna have to do with the material, and it's so clear that he was giving them nothing to work with. Um, the the visual effects are hideous. It, it's like it's tough to stomach. It's tough to look at. I, I was fascinated this time looking at the background and seeing everyone's like feet float like like a couple inches off the ground. It's so off-putting. It's so weird. The proportions on the cats are really weird. Like sometimes they're like this big compared to an like a car, and sometimes they're this big compared to like a bet. I, I don't know. Yeah, I love how how logically you're dismantling this already. Like we're not even five minutes in. This is amazing. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah, I'm throw, I, I already throwing logic throwing logic out the window. Oh, we're, we're, no, no, just keep the logic. Like I, I want, so, I want someone to actually have at least one feet, one foot on the uh, ground. I mean, <laughs> I mean, those were basically my logical logic aside. The characters aren't compelling. The narrative structure is is whack. It doesn't follow like a traditional structure. In the third act, you still have characters introducing themselves. <laughs> um, it ends really anticlimactically and I think narratively incorrectly, uh, given um, what they do to my boy, Mr. Mistopheles, who deserved to win. Um, but but it, you can't <laughs> have fun like, with friends. I, I, I found it fun because they, they get the wrong cat to go to heaven. <laughs> you know. I, I found... I found it tougher to watch this second time without someone to watch it with because I watched it with my buddy Jordan the first time and we were like riffing off riffing off it the whole time. But watching it alone, it's not as fun. I watched it in two sittings this time. But um, I don't know. Those are kind of my opening thoughts. It's It's a disaster, but it's one that fascinates me. Fabulous. Nicolo. What is your take? I, I, I can see you, you can't contain yourself anymore. Tell me. Tell us all. I hate cats. <laughs> I watched this musical. Thank you. Uh, back in like 2006, <laughs> for some reason, because my household loves Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's like a religion. It's like going to church, listening to his music. Phantom of the Opera. It's my sister's favorite musical of all time. I know... All of the songs to heart of that musical. I really like Evita. Jesus Christ Superstar, I can take one leave. But they were like, oh, cats, everyone likes cats. You know, memory. You know, you know, memory. You like memory. Yeah, let's just, let's just watch cats. It was incredibly uncomfortable. Like this stage play, people dressed in costumes. I've never liked it. It just bothers me to my core. Just watching, like, it's, it's not normal. It's like, ugh. Everyone knows I'm very pro kinks, pro fetishes. I don't shame anyone. But I hate furries. I don't. I don't. I don't accept that. It's just. Just no. 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 It's just there. You know, there's a limit. I think there's this a limit is, for everyone. Everyone has a line. Everyone has Every, a line. This is my line. <laughs> furries, like no. 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 Furries is like where that. you draw the line. <laughs> oh my God. It's just please, please. Um, 
And so I, I skipped Cats in theaters because I love myself. Um, and then I watched it, was slightly drunk with my flatmates right before the pandemic hit. And it was fun, but it was fun for the first 10 minutes and the last 20 minutes. Because after a while, the jarring effects and everything that you said, Kyle, just kind of vanishes. And you're just like letting everything wash, wash over you in the worst way possible. And I always think that the best worst movies are enjoyable from beginning to end. And you can also enjoy them when you're alone. If you're watching something like The Room with friends, you're laughing, you're quoting the, the movie, you're throwing spoons. But then if you're watching it by yourself, you you cry, you you feel for Tommy Wiseau in that film. But if you're if, like Cats, I, I don't know, like Cats, just nothing happens. It's a non-musical it's it's one of, it's it makes no sense. It just what's what's it's 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 literally just like oh you know what the story is, cats want to go to heaven and to do that they just have to talk about themselves through songs. It's like okay, and that's it for two hours. Um, I don't know. And the, the worst thing is that I really really like Andrew Lloyd Webber. We've talked about Sondheim quite a bit. He's not that great. He wasn't that great of a songwriter in my opinion but android weber is is properly like a legend of theater and there are three or four songs in cats that are incredible i watched this movie back in january 2020 i haven't listened i haven't listened to any of the songs or watched any clips from the movie since and they still remembered mr mistopheles jellicle cats memory um Macavity and the railway song. I was just like, those songs were just in my head. It was just randomly haunt me. I was like walking down the street and just see them running straight towards me and assault me and just couldn't get them out of my head anymore. And there he was, you know, I was like, yeah, because every other song is just incredibly bland and forgettable. Like outside of those four or five songs, I don't remember any single one of them. I watched this yesterday or two days ago, whatever. I, I don't remember any of the other songs. Like the melodies are just gone. Anyway, yeah, it's it's not well directed. I think it's it's one of very very few movies where the only real problem is the direction. If you change that, the movie would have been better. Tom Hooper was trying to make this a prestige musical. It's not. It's trash, and he doesn't treat it as such. And that's where it just fails completely. And that's without going into the effects talk that Kyle already tackled. So yeah. It's it's fun for a, a little while, in a way, but just no. Like this ain't it, Chief. This ain't good. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Can, can I just say real quick that yeah, that Sondheim is better than than Weber. I just wanna. <laughs> yeah, agreed. This, 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 I have a bone Son- to pick with Weber. This is Sondheim erasure right by, here. By, oh, wow. by cracks three o'clock. You and me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the opera guy. Ooh, no. Did you guys Did hear you just... what Weber's thoughts on this film was? Yeah, he, no. it, it inspired him to, be, to get a dog. He didn't like it so much, right? <laughs> he said, he came out, and sorry, Jakob, not to interrupt you, but he said yeah, James yeah. Corden was a disaster. I'm sorry? You fucking wrote Cat. Shut up. <laughs> I'm in of taste. I mean, we can... Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, you can you could argue that he may have may have lost the plot a little bit. I don't know if you you guys are aware, at least in because you're in America, but he's been a big sort of figure. He was like a big anti-lockdown guy. <laughs> it's like wait, he's one of those. 
Yeah, yeah. So, because, right. I mean, I think his reason... So, Sondheim's that... better. So, Sondheim's better. That's... No, Sondheim can't fucking write a good song. That's what... Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Sondheim no. is the guy who did Tick, Tick, Boom, right? No, that's... Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. No. I don't know musical theater. No, no, he's he's the right. guy. no one gives a shit. <laughs> no one gives a Wait, shit. No, 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 no. No, no, he was... West Side Story. Was, he did Sondheim was a character oh. in Tick Tick Boom. So yes. he is shit. He wrote West Side, West Side Story. God, I'm it. telling you. No, 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 no. We're not doing this here. No. God, I love West Side Story. What? Yeah, Steven Spielberg really saved it. I agree. To be fair, like uh, Android Webber did the whole "The Show Must Go On" during lockdown. Every week, he would just put out musicals free for everyone. I think that's maybe how you saw it, Carson, because they were on YouTube. Just bless him. He did that at least, you know. And if, well, it doesn't uh, sound fun... like we should bless him if he was anti-lockdown. No, but... no. I mean, <laughs> his anti-lockdown rhetoric was more likely um, inspired by the fact that um, he wanted actors to have jobs. He wanted because, to keep the theater uh, open, yeah. Because uh, in in the UK, a lot of the because UK had an extensive furlough scheme, as in like everyone who couldn't work but was on a work contract would be like, yeah, yeah, go home. You get eighty percent of of your salary. Go home, right? However, people who were freelancers or uh, people who weren't on like weren't properly employed by someone were given absolutely nada. So I, I think if like I don't know if costume designers of some people or some people do work for like the theaters and then they just they're not directly employed by them, they would be just sitting there without any money. So I think I, that was part of part of his sort of rhetoric was I like, like need to should, give people I jobs. Like, <laughs> I feel like you should have led with that because you made it sound really bad at first. No, because well. <laughs> Well, the the public From perception shame. of this is as I as I painted it in initially because that's how he's been painted as. But if you actually dig into it, then there's this sort of underneath. But then he was kind of like almost vilified a little bit. So Jakob, what do you think of cats? <laughs> oh well, I don't know where to begin because you guys are like, that's my what's my history of cats? I saw this like, okay, well, I'm a cat person. You know, when when I was I want to say twelve, my little sister brought brought a little cat into the house and it stayed with us and it was my favorite cat and then we had two more cats that we just adopted because no one wanted them i had three cats now i don't have any cats and i want to i want a cat but my landlord is an asshole um so so yeah my history i'm a cat person right but i haven't seen the musical i haven't seen any I sat down and i was just thinking i'm a cat person i should watch i should watch cats carson likes cats and then the, granted I was watching this with this stuff. I know Carson loves this, and the overlap between what Carson likes and what I like <laughs> is very slim. And then, and if we, if you think about like uh, Car- the this year or last year, the overlap between what Carson and I agree on is Cry Macho and Stillwater. I think that's the, <laughs> it's pretty much the two films we agree on. <laughs> the rest is kind of like. If Carson likes it, it's usually like 99% chance this is going to be a tough sell, right? You liked Soho, didn't you? Uh, oh, never mind. Three out, of, three out of five. <laughs> three out of five. I know for you it's like the best thing ever, but, you know, if I, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Pretty damn um, good. So you say. Why listen uh, to your podcast, Kyle? Right there. <laughs> Man of taste. <laughs> Christ. No. Like, I would, yeah. Like Belfast can, you know, can go, but, you know, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, we're no here to talk. We're... No. Cats, cats. <laughs> cats. Anyway. Let's talk about cats. I sat down to watch cats and I, I had a sort of a similar reaction to what Nicholas said. It's not that bad. 
like I'm just like I'm like talking myself into just like it's not that bad. It's like I'm five minutes in and they start singing. I'm just like, why is there handheld, handheld camera work? It's dizzying. Like what the fuck's happening? And then after a while, it's just like okay, so they're singing again. What's happening again? Okay, oh this this little ca- she hasn't even opened her mouth yet. Okay, that's interesting. Oh that's Judy Dench. Okay, oh who's who's it? oh that's Rebel Williams. Okay. And then as I, and I'm watching this just dumbfounded and all, all of a sudden I'm, I'm one hour in. I have no fucking clue what's happening. <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden I just start losing interest. So I, I just paused, just did a few push-ups. I don't know, just to kind of just get some circulation going because I didn't want to do like a Mamma Mia that I, had, that I had to just spend four days watching this because I kept like like, like a narcoleptic sort of zombie just falling, falling asleep the minute Meryl Streep opened her mouth, right? And I gotta say, I mean, yeah, it's it's barely watchable. Like there's just few few things that I can say. Like I, I, I was struggling to put my top three together, but <laughs> holy shit, is this? Like I like bad movies, but this is a bad movie, but but made by people who should have known fucking better. So and yeah, it's it's a mess. I mean, I can I can see how some people would be like, yeah, it's a likable mess. Like I'm, I I can I totally see like if. If so, if you try to tell me this, just like now, this is the meaning of life, you know, like Tarkovsky can suck a dick. This is this is the this is this is it, right? I'll be just like, I think you're high, but you know, it's. I don't even know how to dress this in words. I'm disappointed with with this because it feels like it was a massive waste of money. I look at the money that was a hundred million dollars spent on this, plus another hundred fifty million dollars in marketing. I'm just thinking, send this money to Africa. Like I don't know, just feed someone, build a school. I don't know, do something. This was a waste of money. This was a waste of opportunity. This was a waste of time. Like holy shit, how has this happened? And then yeah, I did. Andrew Lloyd Webber actually hated, hated, right? Yeah. Yes, but only because it Good looks on cool to hate it. <laughs> Good on him. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's, it's just such a mess. It, I didn't and oh, I didn't like. How is it a mess? I'm like Whoa. my my truth is that I think people saying the plot's a mess or there's no mess is like the weakest criticism I've ever heard for a film in my life. It's the most simple plot. It's the most simple thing to follow. It's not a plot. It's not even that it has a plot. It's it's incredibly simple. It's just a set of songs where cats introduce themselves, and then okay. the, there's a mini plot because there's because there's Idris Elba who's a villain, right? Okay. And he just right, and then and that's it. And, but why but are they that singing also happens themselves? in the last like ten minutes. You tell me. But it's just okay. it's just such a weird weird experience. Me... And if you, I, I can, yeah, hold on, just hold your horse. If you, I feel if you don't vibe at the same frequency, you just be looking for shit to hate, and it's so easy to find it. It's so easy because Tom Hooper is a les incompetent, as they say in France, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's just it just hurts me and then i feel all these great actors like mckellen just judy dench apparently she was supposed to be in the original cats and then she was like ah, it's my time to be deuteronomy Let's like, like just strap yourself in like this is gonna be great it's just it's just bad and i'm just thinking i like bad movies but this is a bad movie made for 100 million dollars and it should have it should have been better than this and it, and it was confidently made and then rushed because someone wanted uh, wanted this to sweep at the Oscars and guess fucking what. <laughs> yeah, so this is my opening tick. I'm severely disappointed. Like this is borderline unwatchable for me. And I'll never going I'll ne- I'm never going to watch this again. 
I disagree on the Corden thing. Corden is kind of like a mixed bag for me. He, there are certain things that kind of elevate the film, especially when he gets hit on the balls. Yes. <laughs> I'm just when like, he flies I, I know this. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. So I feel like this is Schadenfreude, at least sort of me watching this, like, haha, fuck you. <laughs> it's just yeah. that guy in particular, right? But, but yeah. So I'll leave it there. Let's just dig into this. I don't even know where to, where to start with. I think we've, we've all kind of touched on the sort of like, how, wh- why did it ha- happen this way? Why did it have to be that way? It was a, it was a massively successful stage production, by the way, waited 30 fucking years to be uh, adapted properly, right? Into a cinematic format. And this comes out as in a rushed production, there's massive problems, and then whoever f- thought of hiring Ho- Tom Hooper, we should probably just start with this, like, what? what's the deal with Tom Hooper? Why is he getting jobs? I'll be putting it this way. But what what's, is Tom, what's, what's his appeal? What does he hmm? do badly here? Because this is just the play. Like, what was he supposed to <sighs> well, do with well, the play, it, for those who have seen no, the play? Because it, because it was his decision to, to make the cats fully CG and to like kind of shoot the film in a way that doesn't. Well, no, no, but you know, if they they were just, I'm talking specifically the the pressure he put on the visual effects artist to like basically make the film for him and not like give, not give like proper cues to them, not give, they were working like 80 to 90 hour, like week weeks for Mm -hmm. four months to try to finish it. And it's just like that's that's incompetent directing that 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 wouldn't happen and uh i want something that's always stuck about out to me and something that like made me sour on the film maybe not watch it for years was rebel wilson and james corden at the oscars mm. going in their cat and like making fun of like the visual effects artists i'm like you're shut the fuck up there i don't blame the visual effects artists for this because like what the fuck are you supposed to do with this concept and in the time well, limit that, that they way to throw them under the bus right yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just like it's not but my like, fault it's just it's fair, there. It's every 150 critic, people right every critic in the world already shit on them like everyone in the world was saying oh the visual effects are so embarrassing this sucks wow everyone involved should be embarrassed I mean, I can I can say this. If if you say vi- visual effects are embarrassing, everyone should be embarrassed. Yes, that's a correct statement to say because it it, it is it looks bad, right? But However, it's not supposed to look good again. Like I agree with Kyle it? about like the I, abuse suffered think, by the visual effects. I think it looks artist. it looks unfinished. It looks unpolished. It looks undone. Here's the thing, Carson. When you're saying it's supposed to look ugly, are you talking the character design? Or are you talking specifically the visual effects work? Well, the character design, right? Because okay, the, well, the I, cats I, I, don't I, look good in the play. I'm talking like the actual blending of the visual effects. Sure. On the, like, like you're saying like the background. <laughs> like, like take that scene. It's actually a song I like, but the railway song. Mm-hmm. Like the way that the cats are like awkwardly comped into the scene. On oh, it's bad. Screen, it's it, like, compositing it like, is atrocious. It looks like they're like hovering above the track. Like it doesn't look like there's any contact between the wood and and their feet it's so awkward looking it's so it, it feels oh. like an amateur it doesn't feel like a hundred million dollar fucking sure. thing i mean but let's also think like i i 
I get it, but and this is not an excuse. It's more of an explanation. Like clearly, like you said, they were on like a time crunch. I remember right. very famously Tom Hooper, the morning of the premiere was like, oh, I, we just finished the visual effects. Yep. And then they had to put a patch out after like two weeks into the theatrical mm-hmm. run. Because like Judy Dench had like a human hand in one scene. The hands, are, like this. The hands are bad. The hands were, and and, yes. and they said they fixed them, but on that version on Amazon, you they still have fucking human hands sometimes. Like I noticed yeah. the ring on Judy Dench, like a wedding ring. Yes, but at the yeah. same time, I'm like, I don't know if like let's say they looked good blended, like, and not that it's an excuse, but like it is cats. It's not like that. Like oh, it ruins the project. Like it never looked good to begin with in the play. So like I don't see why it's such a big deal in the movie. Well, that's other why than they like people have don't like it. the. Well, but I think for fans of cats, it's fine though. Is and it? I'll also point out, just like with Mamiya, you can tell who's queer and who's straight here. All I'm gonna say, <laughs> it's just well, in, okay. Well, this is a comment I had. I had sort of saved up for later. I'm gonna zip it for now because it's I don't know. But on this, like when you when you say, oh yeah, com- compositing's atrocious, right? It's crap. But then this is something that's fixable. There's many. There are many films that just manage to get it done. It's just a question of time. So if when someone someone says, "Oh, VFX are not good," that's a correct statement to make. But then pointing a finger and saying, "Is the v- VFX houses that shit the bed?" Probably, probably unfair, because mm-hmm. the, the, because with like three months or four months of extra work, you can put the put the uh, put the aliasing, put the shade shading in in place and make it work better. It's just a question of labor that needs yeah. to be done. To the project and then i agree so like yeah. the the backgrounds they look nice because the backgrounds are mostly well they're not in not animated in in any way right it's just it's static, almost like digi- yeah. dig- digital digital sort of matte paintings and shit like this but when you say oh yeah the, the cats are supposed to look bad like what are we what are, I, it's not like i sat down expecting that i'll be looking at cgi actual cats like you know like there will be the cats right no they, they're supposed to be people in suits in or people in mocap suits with with cgi sort of cgi textures on them but they look unfinished they they look like they don't mesh with the environment there's a scene that's going to be in my bottom three that involves a bottle of champagne that's just fucking horrendous (laughs) it's it looks like the like because it takes a while to render water or liquids properly and it looks like a like 2003 video game like i'm holy shit it looks really bad and i'm just thinking to myself and this is to me that i actually will shift the blame squarely onto the director because he's running this this gig he's running the show and he's supposed to know like you should you should then be able to tell okay we're not making the oscars but we're making a solid movie Push and delay by six months. I don't know. Do something or delay by a year. I don't care. But let's make this right. And he didn't. And he's an Oscar-winning piece of shit yeah. director who, who couldn't <laughs> possibly see this. And I don't see. I don't see this, his sure. appeal. By the way, yeah. And that's why Carson, I, I agree with you. When the, the character design isn't the problem, not for me. Like when even when I remember when the internet was on fire because of the teaser trailer, and I didn't really have a problem with that. I was like, okay, they look kind of weird, but. I don't know, but it, yeah, it's just the unfinished quality of it, and that's solely on the studio and on the filmmaker, not on. See, yeah, I'm having a really interesting realization during this podcast because, like, you mentioned the champagne Jacob, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's such a fun scene, though. I think very similarly to like the room. I'd make sure it was the, not just room, like the room, like <laughs> the one I with Brie Larson. <laughs> yeah, I think I enjoy it. Like, I think like, okay, what if the champagne looked really good? What if like the hands all looked really good? And like. 
I don't think personally, I'm not saying this is the intention of the filmmaker. I think that's part of what makes it so endearing and fun. Like, I don't think it would be, and I'm sorry, Jakob, as iconic or like as camp at times, if it was just perfectly rendered. And I'm not saying that's the intention. I'm not saying like, oh, you know, they got it. But like, I, I'm having this weird realization where I think I like those elements because they're so bad that they're so easy to laugh at and have a good time with. I, I, I just the, the problem of of the artistic direction even of the movie is that they were too ambitious for their own good. You should not have tried to make the cats photorealistic and like making the actors look like real cats while still maintaining the humanoid features. It's it doesn't work. It it sh- should have never been made. And that's one of the beauties I'll say about the stage play to an extent is that suspension of disbelief and minimalism person Mm -hmm. in a costume it's there they say i'm a jellicle cat and you go okay sure fine and just move on with your life and enjoy the rest of the musical it can work but if you're trying to make this musical that seems real even you mentioned Jakub, it uses handheld shots it's trying to have this almost natural lighting because it's their the backdrop that's lighting them and the neon lights and everything it's trying to be grounded in a reality that never works because it's constantly distracting you. It's constantly changing the rules. And you're like, why do they have the tails? But then they have like human feet and hands. Why couldn't they have paws? Um, where are their balls? Where are their balls, I where, ask? Where's the butt? There's no battle. <laughs> where's the butthole cut of this? Where's the battle cut? Yes. <laughs> like all those fine details. They're uh, these, you can all, all, these, all these men are neutered. That's what they are. Like, there's no ball, fairy ball sacks. Anyway, you know, you but recognize... we know that Buster Jones has balls. Oh, does well, so... yeah, the digital bulge. Um, you have well, that's you can, not you can the recognize same. I want the a ball sack in the back underneath the tail. Yeah, you can recognize the ladies because you, because they always they all have breasts that's very clearly prominent, which is weird. It's well, women, those, like <laughs> true, but it's just you know, it feels like a, it's it's uncomfortable, <laughs> it's just a bit too much, and it's trying to make it look real. And there are moments where it works, and those moments are the close-ups, because the close-ups work. You can see the skin texture, you can see the blending of the hair. It, it looks nice. In a way, it does look nice when it's very up close. But then well, Jennifer just some... Hudson looks all right, yeah. Yeah, but then yeah, someone Hudson just is... starts flying in the air, and it looks like the <laughs> most horrible... It's like the cheapest Wuxia movie. It looks like someone just dragged the, the effect in After Effects. Like, <laughs> but it's, it's horrible. It's... I, I'll, I can accept it's funny in a bad way, but it's just, it's sensory overload to the point that it's not fun anymore. When they were and flying it picks through the up air, again towards yeah. the end, mainly because there are good <laughs> songs, like Kyle said, like the songs towards near the end are very catchy. It's, it's hard. It, it just, it takes me out completely. And I'm always someone who prefers to laugh with a movie rather than at a movie, especially when they're tr- clearly trying so hard to be, good it doesn't feel like there's that much self-awareness outside of like rebel wilson and and james Corden and some of that like comedy take that some of the actors do it's so uneven see okay well to add to this because this I, I don't want to patronize you and say like this is what i think you think right but then there's um the uh what what, what was i supposed to say yes when you say what what it's look, looks too realistic and looks bad as a result i th- I think if they were actually going for some like, yeah, let's put these people in suits, put them in makeup, and then would look camp, right? This is what camp it would be. It's so so obviously fake, mm-hmm. then it works, right? Yeah. Whereas in here, 
they don't try to make this obviously fake. They want they don't they actually are striving to do the opposite, right? They're and they're failing at this. So you you're almost left with no other recourse other than laugh at the film, right? What you are you what is your evidence for they're trying to make it look perfect? Well, well Tom Cause... Tom Hooper was actually make, making these statements himself. Like we we're trying to make this work that way because the prosthetics don't look real enough for me. His yeah. words. So so it's not. It was their sort of bottom line was just to make. Because well, if you just want to put people in suits, they will be just like, "Why are you making this? Like, there's already a Cats adaptation on stage. Why are you just doing this? Why are you just filming a play again?" Right. So that was the sort of the um, the point of divergence from from previous uh, adaptations and from st- from the stage making this look real, and they failed at this. So you actually have to laugh at, at this, not with this, because they failed. And then that kind of brings me to, that's an interesting segue already to a question I wanted to ask all of you, because you mentioned the room, right? And you say, well, it's kind of like, a, like the, is this like a similar to you as, well, can this be a similar experience as in you watch an obviously bad film and then have fun with it in a sort of, not in a patronizing way, but in, in a sort of like an endearing way that you can have like a Rocky Horror Picture Show, the room sort of sit, or troll to situation where it's, it's an experience because you're 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 experiencing something that's obviously bad, and and so can you can you call this film camp in in that regard? Because like you can you can say that the room's camp because you know like you, they're trying to make, um, um, they're trying to lift lines from like Death of a Salesman and shit like that, <laughs> right? Can you do this here? Here's the thing, filmmakers like Tommy Wiseau and Neil Breen and people like that they they come along very rarely and it's, it's like a very special camp of them trying to be so earnest. They are trying to make a masterpiece and you get the room or you get fateful findings. Like you get these like movies that are just so, so bad, but, but so earnest because you can tell that they really cared about it. Cats is studio films in general, I think are are a little different Mm -hmm. because especially one like cats where tonally, it feels like people are on different pages. Some people feel like this is going to be an Oscar movie. This is going to win awards. And then there's people like I James Corden and Rebel James Corden and Rebel Wilson who think they're in like a fucking slapstick comedy. And I, I just I don't think I, I don't think this can be classified as camp. Because like the actual jokes that are like supposed to be funny from like James Corden and Rebel Wilson, the written jokes are awful. You're laughing at the stuff that's supposed to be taken seriously. Carson, and retort? 100% <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, of course you're going to have fun with this. Like, I think you have to have fun with this. Like, when you try to take it seriously, from my experience of trying to take it seriously, being forced by a theater to take it seriously, it sucks. Like, of course you have to have fun with this. I don't know. I just feel like if you can't, like, I, I don't know. Like, and this is not to, like, character assassinate anyone, but, like, I just feel like if you can't, and, like, Unless are you going to call me boring jam. again? No, well, I mean, I think you are, but that's not the point. Like, but like, I feel like this is something about society, and it's very similar to when like James Corden got into a rat costume and humped a car for Cinderella. Like, <sighs> literally, why does that? Like, I don't know. It's like if that if you cannot like if you cannot like take a joke like that and you have to take it so seriously to where like that's gonna annoy you. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, what a like. I feel like that feels miserable to like as a lifestyle like it's wow. cats take it or leave it go watch these cats with bad cgi sing songs about how they're lazy and sitting on a windowsill like why would that annoy you or hurt you or this sucks this is so boring like 
I'm not saying like it has to be for everyone. It definitely isn't. But like, I don't know. It's cats. Don't take it so seriously. And just because Tom Hooper, a fucking moron outside of cats, even says like, oh, it's trying to be good. Like, look at the rest of the project. Like, I just don't get how someone is so offended by this. You don't have to find it fun, but like, don't try to take it seriously. I think I'm that's quite offended. idiotic. I'm not offended by it, but you know, it's just... <laughs> and, like, Tom yeah. Hooper managed to take Memory, which is the most famous song from the musical, a song that so many people cry to. They find <laughs> it incredibly one of the most emotional. memorable songs ever, right? One of the most memorable songs in theater history, and he manages to make it Dull, forgettable, How? and he splits it's it in half. Hudson singing it. He like, splits it in two. That's the thing, though. It, it, that's, if you listen those... to it just on a soundtrack, you would think it's amazing. Like, I don't believe you that you think, honestly, just listening to the song, he ruined it. I, like, I do I because, like, it's, 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 because no, I, I'm not I, taking I, I like anything seriously. Scene. I like that scene. She's good. <laughs> okay, she's yeah. good, and it's a good song. Like, by she's design, the best it's hard to mess easily. that part up. But everything else, like, it's a movie that's taking itself so seriously and then it's having this weird moments of, of, of humor and then it's going to this scene that's supposed to be the like I dreamed the dream where like Anathaway got the Oscar for for crying to, with the camera just right up close it does the same thing again it's, it's taking it super seriously I'm never watching this film thinking oh he's having fun with the material it's always the performers that are having fun like the ones that we've mentioned it never feels like he's taking it lightheartedly like he's very serious and he, he has these moments where he's trying to push like the drama people are going to feel the emotions and you have the opportunity by making this a film by making it more narrative driven by having a proper protagonist compared to the stage play he's trying to make it like he wasted an opportunity to make this a proper film but and they it, did. It, they did those know. things. They made McCavity more serious throughout. They added a whole thing with him on the barge. They give you a protagonist <laughs> that fills in for the audience, which you're the protagonist in the play. You're, and they added that. You're also, saying, you're saying, know, hold on. Hold on, Kyle. Thank you. Also, <laughs> how, do you say, like, wow. how do you say the film is not like is taking itself so seriously? Do you see how James Corden flies through the air? Do you see these visual effects? Do you see Rebel Wilson on the floor scratching her th- in her thighs? Like That's not a film taking itself seriously. Like but I don't how you comedian. watch this film. It's so awkward. It's so fucking. But that's awkward. not the point. It's not serious though. That scene when she's scratching her inner thighs, they're not like this is gonna get to- Hooper. It's not behind the camera jerking himself off, saying this is gonna get supporting actress. I don't Once know what I said. Sharon but Stone, like, basic instinct. I just don't but see how you're, you're, you see you're, you're this listing, serious. You're listing moments, and those moments are not serious. But then there's these fucking sweeping epic songs with the camera and you're that, groups. You're complaining that memory is not taking seriously enough. So I don't know what you want from this film. No, I'm not, I say, I'm not, we're not I saying that it's not taken that. seriously. We're saying... I think they're saying that it's sure. wasted. It's wasted, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. It's, it's taking the, the... Again, like he's cutting it in half. It's not even the full song. It's like, oh, I'm just going to give a bit, bit of it here. And then we're oh, going to have she, a new oh, original she does song. the first half before. Okay, yeah. And then it does... Yeah, that's the thing. It's like... My problem, my, problem with the, uh, my, my problem with the music is they didn't update any of the instrumentals so it's like weird like outdated like 70s 80s synth and it's very strange sounding like it's like the most unmemorable prog rock ever and and it's especially (laughs) weird when you get the when you get this taylor swift written song in the middle that feels out of complete the song yeah the song is itself is all right but like it feels just if it's like the uh the the live action disney remakes that add like the modern songs for like jasmine and stuff and you're like this doesn't mm. feel 
similar at all. It feels really out of yep. place in terms of like just like the actual, you know, the time that the instrumentals came it's out. Because like, it feels like elevator jazz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's, I, 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 I mean, do like Beautiful Ghosts yeah. as a song. I'll just throw out there. Uh, I thought you were going to say like I love elevator jazz. Right. Like He's this is right. why it's just like you go into a large building and you're just like oh up and down, up and down, up and just the music's fucking great. <laughs> it's just, but no. I don't want to bring Mamma Mia into the fold again because you guys, I think Carson, you mentioned that it's just like, well, how do you not like memory? It's a great song. Yes, it's a great song. If you listen to this in isolation, it's a great song. It fucking bangs, right? But then I do have a problem with this. It just, they just cut in half. And then I do, I, I will say, Jennifer Hudson performs it very well. And I mm-hmm. think, does Francesca Hayward also sing it? Or or is, does she have a she does singing a double? Ghost. She, she, she does like the she does ghost. like the lead into it. Yeah. Oh, she sings though. She does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she, she sing, but yeah. she she sings a part of it with with Jennifer Hudson at some point, right? And then yeah, I, I can say. But then again, this is a conversation. It's like, is, are you liking this because the song is great, or is what they're doing on the screen endearing, right? And then I have no problems being sort of like for with when performers are having fun they're they have every right to do so and that's what makes camp films camp right because they're having fun they they you know like they wink at the screen and when the tone and everything kind of just matches it kind of tends to cook in in here i have a personal sort of there's disconnect in here is like i can watch the room or like troll too because the part of the allure is that you're watching a film made against all odds, right? Like against, like made by people who have no idea how to make the, these films. They have yeah. no idea what they're doing, but they're trying. And then, you know, you appreciate the effort. For me, this is like, you're, I, I don't know. I don't know how to dress. It's not an indie film. It's not something that, you know, like someone, I don't know, remortgaged their house to make, right? It wasn't a passion project of Tom Hooper, who's just like a guy somewhere, I don't know, in the middle of nowhere in, in Yorkshire or somewhere that he's trying to make this on a, on a shoestring budget and then just doing, yeah, doing this against all odds and it's campy as fuck. No, this, this is, this has a massive studio backing. This has hundreds of millions of dollars in budget and this is just poorly executed. So it's almost, it's difficult to, for me to apply this sort of optics. Yes. But I feel like you're missing that this is what Cats is. Like, this is the play. Expecting something that is not this from this play, this source, I don't get why that's like a logical conclusion. People come it's to not like everything to you. differentiate itself. Though. Yes. That's if, how it yeah, is. But, what a, like, but, but like, there's a lot of people that have never seen Cats, never listened to Cats, and they go into this movie and. Those and they will watch this and it'll be like, I'm but, not yeah, going to see people, the Broadway production I've again. Seen, Sorry. I've never seen like, Cats. And a lot of I've people hate the Cats musical and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, this well, doesn't have to yeah. be your jam. It's because it's, it's not a great It's not a great musical. Uh, it's fun. Like, again, I don't think it's, like, deep or anything. Like, it's not the heights that what musicals can be, but, like, it's fun. I have fun with it. Like, it's not the sound That's of music. Okay. It's not, like, yeah. you know, it's like you can you can say I'm boring or whatever and I don't like musicals. Uh, you know, I, I like singing in the rain. I like sound of music. I like... I don't know, uh, Wizard of Oz. I like certain yeah. things that just work. And then for, for me, I mean, at least the lens that you're trying to apply as well doesn't work for me. Um, I mean, fine if, if it does, if if you can Similar do, do Congo it. doesn't work for me. I'm not like, see, oh, it's okay. That's, though. that's, that's an interesting, that's an interesting comparison. How, what, what I would say, Congo in 1995 looked fucking stunning. When it was released, the special effects were absolutely fucking stellar. I shit you not. better than this. Yes. It looked the part. It looked the part. This thing looks shit immediately. 
Like, so you can say that there's there's a disconnect in here because there's a 20 year difference. How bad will cats look 20 years from now? That's that's the difference, right? Sure. Because it already aged. It aged as it was released. Like it was just like if this if someone told me that the 2019 release of Cats is like a Ray Harryhausen film from like the 40s that they released in the like Clash of the Titans or whatever, right? There's just something that sat on the shelf and they just like they couldn't have I don't know puppeteering done right or whatever. If you told me that this was something that was made in 1997 and that got released now and they just polished off some special effects, but they couldn't get, get the job done right because something's wrong, I'd say probably looks the part. It looks like a 20-year-old movie, right? Because it's, it, it has this sort of... The uncanny valley is just it's just so massive on this that you, it's, just, it's just weird. It's trying to be realistic and it fails. And... If it was something that it tried to be realistic in 1997 when they ha- didn't have the means we have now, I would mm. say probably yeah doable. It, this this is what would make it camp. But holy shit, this this was immediately looking bad. That's the that's part of the uh, that's part of the problem I have with this film. Apart from the fact you know that this, it's just unengaging to me on just a fundamental level. It's just weird. I will say the moments that the that the movie work for me are when it's on a real set that they built and. And the choreography, the dance choreography, I found to be fairly compelling at times. When the music is going and the choreography and they're on a real set, it hits it hits a point where you're like, this is this is enjoyable. This feels good. Francesca Hayward is clearly a very talented dancer. The well, way she's she a professional like, ballet dancer. I, I know, I know, and yeah. that's and that's clear. And she she is good in the movie to me. She she's not the problem with it. She she care, she leads it fairly well in terms of like, you know, this character is fairly underdeveloped, but she, she, you know, <laughs> that's an understatement, right? But, but see here, when, when you have yeah. this moment, when, when she dances, for instance, I like right. this moment, but not because of how the filmmakers are treating this, but because Francesca Hayward is, is just, I have the same sort of um, appreciation of what she's doing as I would have when I, when I'm seeing like, I don't know, Swan Lake in, uh, mm. in a stage production at, a, at the ballet, at the, uh, at the big opera house or somewhere, right? Because she's just a very good dancer and then the moves she has and you know are, gr- are great but then there's this guy with a handheld camera fucking running along with her and he's ruining this for me because i can't really see her clearly because it's just very haphazardly f- made uh, it's still better than the greatest showman i haven't no, seen I... this but i know i don't want to if, if you <laughs> say this is better <laughs> I, i've never watched how it. the I've scenes are put together oh yeah I, I, all the hot takes today I think we're all I mean, not wrong outside of the bar scene, but like, damn. I think we're all agreeing that like all the problems of this movie come down to, to the way it was to Tom Hooper, you know? Um, I, I just wanted to say that Carson's behaving himself very well because he hasn't, hasn't berated me once yet. Well, I just feel like there's no point. Like at the end of the day, and maybe this is not good for podcast material, but like it's cats. Like if you're going to sit there and be like, the camera work sucks and I can't do this and and it looks bad. And oh, the songs, they have the visual effect. Like I think that's what makes cause, up a movie. No now, those are the things that make up a movie. Cats. It is fucking cats. It's not supposed to be good. It's fucking cats. They look bad. Bad. You watch them sing bad fucking songs about what they are, and you see fucking Rebel Wilson sit on a thing and go t- eat cockroaches. It's not supposed to be fucking good. It's cats. You're crazy. You are all crazy if you think this is supposed to be good. It's fucking cats. You are all crazy. 
It's cats. Fucking hell. We put on cat makeup and get drunk and just watch this and we have fun. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. This is this Holy is shit. this is now an intervention an intervention because Carson's on crack. I'm fucking crackhead. I just gave you a great sound clip that you better use, okay? Oh, oh I was just I was just typing to Nicolo. This is a real I can this needs to be a sound bite. Jesus, <laughs> happening. That can be the that can be the teaser clip on Twitter right there. Yeah. <laughs> if this doesn't get a thousand likes, I'm out. Holy shit. <laughs> Yes, it is. You, it are, is fucking are you okay? cats. It is cats. I can. Uh... <coughs> but I will say that Tom Hooper should be fucking stopped. Yeah, he should like, stop. I, he should stop he, making how... movies. Well, I really liked Les Mis. I, I know did. I, I, I did. Here on that, I, but... No, I did. I, I liked. I liked. I liked Les Mis. I liked the... Danish girls. Oh, bad. I, I liked Les Mis though. I like. Well, is Danish King girl? Speech. I haven't watched it for a while. Oh, King's Speech is good. Is Danish Girl bad or just problem? Like, if it had proper it, casting, would it be it's, good? It, no, without, without the, the problematic, it's just boring, like, Oscar bait type shit, really. And That's it's fair. incredibly unfactual, like, reading up on the real-life sure. story of Danish Girl. It's kind of like, oh, this is actually fascinating and interesting. And then you watch the movie, and there's, like, two or three different characters that never existed in real life. Uh, yeah, just like, why? Why, Tom? At this point, I'm afraid to rewatch King's Speech because I really liked it when it came out, and I'm like, "Oh, loved it!" Yeah. And and then every single thing he released, like every since, I fucking hate. There. Like Lame is is a, is a film that I just watched for two and a half hours, almost like Clockwork Orange style, just <laughs> just forcing this down my down the hatch. Just fucking horrible. At least this is a little bit better because I, I I didn't have to kind of just you know just okay Jakub you can you can do this okay like I didn't have to just stand in in front of a mirror just to pep myself up for this. But it's I don't I don't get the appeal of him. It's it's comparing two different turds. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's like <laughs> one one I don't it's know because he won an Oscar for the King's Speech and did, yeah, yeah for directing, yeah. mind you, right. He's writing. He's been writing off the success of the King's Speech. Brilliant, but you know, if you say like Lame is is to me, this is like a constipated turd. Like you spend two and a half hours in pain. You look at what you've done, and there's a peanut with a little drop of blood in this. This, this, on the other hand, it was so easy. And then you watch, and it's a massacre, fucking diarrhea all the way. It's just Again. painted the bowl brown, flushed it, and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> think about this though like lame is still kind of works i i liked it i've only seen it in the cinemas when it came out because i loved king's speech so it's, it's been a decade literally jesus but lame is is based on a musical that's one of the most beloved musicals of all time that's based on a on a legendary novel by victor hugo that tackles so many different themes so even thematically it's very rich <laughs> and not a single song in the book by the way no, that's it. <laughs> and you take Cats. Cats, the musical, is based on like a T.S. Eliot, like short story novel. It's like whatever. It's very fun, very short, very straight to the point. It doesn't really have any purpose or meaning. And it's for children, as far as it's I'm concerned. It's for right? children. Same thing for the musical, in a way. Like, it's, I think the main problem. That's well, why like, they I, don't have the balls. I accept. Uh, I, I I can accept what you're <laughs> saying, Carson. About kind of like you you don't need themes to be a good movie, and I agree. 
well, to, to a point, but like, you know, a movie can be watchable and enjoyable without trying to say something, but they still get to the end of this movie and I'm like, the only thing this is saying is just love cats and respect them and just don't be assholes to other people. See, I guess. The Judy <laughs> Dench it. monologue at the end is unbearable. It's like one of the it's, worst. Like, I, I just ended it before. She just turns and she like, keeps talking and she's like, a dog is not oh. a cat. And it's like, we got it, Judy. Thank you. I mean, a cat's not I, a dog. She's like, is she high? Especially, and she's, she's like in the sort of Jonathan Demi sort yes, of yes. like smack in the middle of the fray. I'm like, I don't want to look at it. <laughs> and there's a guy on their, on their, like on their left shoulder that's so really excited just looking at her like, yeah. Ooh, go on. Mm, okay, okay. <laughs> This is very exaggerated face. He's like the Hatch guy in, in Mamma Mia. But anyway. He doesn't but... even have a name. He doesn't even have a song. See, Car- Carson, here's a question for you. Because you mentioned this. Like this this is the entire thesis of why why you think we should love this is this is just cats. This is the musical. It's camp. Love it. If you're not, you're boring. Like that's pretty much this. Let's just say boil this down to bare essentials. Like this is pretty much like accept it for what it is. It's not supposed to be real. Right? I don't think you need to like it. I just think you shouldn't complain like <sighs> the film messed it up. I think like well, the film captures the film did, what the play is. Well, the film You can did, hate the play did, and hate the film, that's fine. Well, but you can't be like Tob you know, they fucked it up because they didn't. This is the play. You almost for the second time you almost said Toby Hooper again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a little angry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I wanted to ask you, and I don't, I don't want to pull you up on evidence because there's, a, there's a feature that you that you were supposed to finish in, um, which it's I in hope the editing maybe, maybe, process. It come, maybe it will come out. But the one of the angles that I remember you had was that it was a great lockdown experience, right? Um, so what I'm thinking now is. Because like one of the things I'm watching this, I'm just actively thinking to myself: Is this okay? Well, the the, the the reason for this to exist is then is then for people who love cats, so that they to watch this at home, so they don't have to go and you know they can they can do this on, on their own time, whatever. And in lockdown, it works out perfectly because you can't go to theaters because they're all closed, right? And this is this is what you get. Does it work that way? Or is this just? I'm just. Thinking, I'm just thinking. Is this like? A, it's supposed to be like a gay pride parade that in, from the comfort of your own, of your own house. If you're afraid, if you're if you're anxious to be around other people, and is, does it sort of succeed on that level as well as in like a lockdown experience for like so you can just feel alive again, right? Is that how you feel yeah. about I mean, it? I feel like this. Like my thesis, I think, is relatively simple. I think this is just like pure camp fun. Like it's just fun. And during lockdown, when like the entire world's falling outside due to a pandemic, some people decided to watch Contagion, which I think is weird. Others chose to watch Cats, which is much more fun. So like I just view this as like dumb fun. So like it was perfect for the pandemic because it was a very stressful, negative situation, and you can just go and get lost in Cats and sing Mr. Mistopheles, right? And that sounds a lot better than like everyone is dying. <laughs> I mean, I think people watch Contagion for a bit of a different reason. I mean, it was just like, yeah, let's, it's going to be fun because no one actually thought this is going to take two and a half years, right? But then, and then people were like, holy shit, like, this is not going to be good because they are getting quite a lot of stuff right. Although, I mean, in it's Contagion, a great film also, to be fair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And also, they do, they get one thing wrong because they, they sh- show the looted supermarket. They still can't forget this. Everything's gone, but the toilet pa- pa- paper is still on the shelf. Not real. <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> it's just, yeah. How do you guys feel about th- that sort of angle? Because I think we're all sort of, apart from Carson, sort of in the camp of like, what the fuck? Can this be a camp experience that in a, in a way that Carson sees it? 
Thoughts? Well, can I can I also pose just like a double question? Who here yeah. actually? Because people have mentioned like, oh, I found some parts fun. Who would overall? Would anyone else say overall cats is fun? Not good, but fun. Just cats as a concept, sure. as, a, as an animal, or the film? Oh, me, me, me. <laughs> Go for it. Go, Nick. No, it's, it's if you watch it with another. Yes, person. that's that's the thing because I watched it the first time again. Free, very it's tipsy. Let's say drunkish. Uh, college students. It was very fun. Like we were, honestly, James Corden flying in the air. Mister Mistoffel is flying in the air. They are walking through the railroad. We were screaming. We were like on the edge of our seats, like oh shit, like all those things. This was hentai as fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pretty oh, much, yes. That's, that was the level of excitement we used to have during the pre-pandemic. Uh, Watching it with my sister again the other day, it was just kind of like fun at first, but then a bit miserable because it's just too much. Um, and I think, again, give it to someone who understands camp, who understands how to make something trashy and fun. Give it to John Waters or someone like him who knows how to have fun with this type of material. Just embrace the fact that this is a fetish film and it's stupid and makes no sense. Just go for it, man. Yeah. There will be a shitting cat in a massive litter box and another cat would be eating that shit. They that sent like me a, a bowel movement. <laughs> Let's just be clear. I do not like this for fetish reasons. I want that on the record. <laughs> we, are, we don't accept furries on this podcast. Well, I wouldn't way. go that far, but... <laughs> Says a man in cat makeup. <laughs> I didn't want to put on the full fursuit for you today, That's... did I? My Bustopher exactly. Jones fursuit. Leave it to James Corden and Rebel Wilson. I will say, I'll add this. Maybe I'll, I'll throw you a bone because I'm I'm all about being friendly. Because I watch this all by myself, just me and the TV, right? In oh, a no. set of headphones because everyone's asleep. I don't want to mess with people's day, right? <laughs> and then I would be willing to say, I'd be probably happy to go to um, a screening with a bunch of friends. Mm. Um, and like like we talked last week about like Rocky Horror Picture Show or like sing-along sort of musical. I would go to something like this and see whether this is the way I should appreciate this. And maybe this would probably speak to me a bit better because you get to uh, you get to bounce off of other people's energy as well. And then what I had was just a sofa and an energy, energy drink. And then the, and the fact that I, I'm not engaged by what's happening on the screen. So I'm just looking into the corners of the frame and I'm just pissed off at the fact that they, that they couldn't find a fucking tripod in the entirety of Hollywood, right? Or a dolly, I don't know, because everything's fucking handheld for, so goddamn, for some goddamn reason. But I would say engaging. this, yeah. Yeah, this kind of w- would possibly, maybe, I want to, I hope this would, this would work for me that way. This would make, make it better. Kyle, what do you think? Do I think like watching it in like a setting with other people would make it better? Yeah, like people go and watch The Room or people watch Troll 2 and then, then they recite the lines, the shitty lines that some incompetent I actually screenwriter heard that... wrote back at the screen and they have fun at and with the film because you're having fun not with or at the film, you're having fun with your friends. They do these screenings, by the way. They do exist. I actually heard that. I heard that they've started screenings like this. Yeah. Um, I think it could work that way. I would go with, with a few friends to see it that way, uh, just to see like, if that was the way, like, you know, Carson was saying that during the beginning of the pandemic, it was kind of his form of like an escapism film. 
And that's, you know, it's fine. You like to kind of escape that, quite far. <laughs> like people, like, no, like there's so many films that people use for escapism. This is like, it's not weird that this is one of them. Like that this is, um, and, and, you know, I think it would be a fun, of uh, just a room full of drunk people who all know the songs and stuff. I think that'd be a fun experience for sure. Um, alone, it, it doesn't really have that same camp value. Yeah. I still guess it depends how much fun you can have alone. Cause like some people can't, like I'm someone who can really have a great time alone. Wow. Some people so, can't do that. This but, is potentially a very open-ended question. <laughs> but how I do, much fun I can say, you like, have alone? I think like <laughs> that is all I've ever tried to pass about cats. All I've ever tried to pass as an agenda is like, it is fun in that sense. And I think that's like genuinely a problem I have with film criticism nowadays is like for a lot of people, that's not enough. Like even in an environment, if they watched it in that environment, they're like, but I can't say it's good. Like if it's a fun experience, that's rewarding. And I'm, it doesn't have to be rewarding for everyone. I cannot repeat that enough. This is not going to be rewarding for plenty of people. But like if it is, that should be enough for you to be like, that's fun. That's good. And not everything needs to be this Oscar, like layered power of the dog. You know, some films can, just be fun and i think that's enough for me personally and cats is plenty fun for me personally as evidenced by me carson i'm 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 on your side here man i'm like the biggest defender of the cat in the hat in the world so you know like <laughs> i know all about defending a movie that is just pure ridiculous fun like that's so all I, get I do here like i i defend trash every other I, week it's true you have a show about it <laughs> yeah so, you know but i will say this Based on what you're saying, like I'm just reliving our conversation about Sunset Boulevard, and you're like the sort of living embodiment of, of William Holden. So you know, like, oh, you're one of the message kids. Story won't do. <laughs> so, um, you know, I I do. Yeah, I, I agree. It doesn't have to have like themes or whatever. Oh, it's not it's not fucking serious enough. It doesn't touch me. Um, like I appreciate when films do that, but I, I understand that not every film's gearing is gearing to do this. Like it's not its mission to do this, right? This the film's mission to me is to entertain. And then the problem I have with how Tom Hooper is directing this and how this came together in a rush and everything with all this sort of rigmarole of of spending six months making a trailer and then realizing we only have four months left because because someone shit the bed or someone demanded that they 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 are eligible for the Oscars and that's someone's decision, right? I'll I'll say that it has a problem of this because it's it's a big Hollywood film that someone just incompetently put together and I would probably if if this was something that done by I don't know like Colin Trevorrow went before he made it big for like two and a half million dollars, right? probably will be a different story because you, you'd be able to excuse the technicalities much easier because it's just like they didn't know any better. They didn't have the means. These fuckers had the means. They had all the means in the world. And then you think about, I think about the hundred million dollars that could go to like Deborah Granick, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Kelly Reichardt. I don't know. It's wishful thinking. Yeah. Push it to, I don't know, acquire something for, off of festivals. Just put, put other people on the spot like who could actually use this money better. Like if you even like leaving out the idea of like actually spending a hundred million dollars doing something useful for the world. Like, I don't know, sending some rice to Africa. I don't know. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you said that you, and this is not meant to invalidate your opinion at all. Do you think that you hate the idea of cats more than you hate cats itself? No, I don't have hate the idea of cats. What in the idea? The well, idea of, of, like I guess the film being made by these people, because like to me it sounds like like if you watch this in a vacuum, I don't think you would enjoy like it. I never thought Yakup Flash would enjoy cats, but no, like, well, do you think you would at least be more okay with it in a vacuum, not knowing the story behind the film? I would say no. I mean, if not knowing the story behind the film, I, the story behind the film I read 
after seeing this because I try to go as fresh as possible. So I don't prejudge anything. I don't pre-inform my judgment. So because it colors your your thinking when when you know certain things. So I'm trying. Like, I don't know anything about cats apart from the fact that Nicolo is not a fan and Carson fucking wears cat makeup at every opportunity, right? So <laughs> that that's my sort of that's my ga- gauging sort of experience of this. Like I'm gonna I'm going to go and give it a fair shake. I'm trying to be uh, I'm trying to be objective in here, and I'm watching this and I'm not engaged. I'm not engaged, and I'm just looking at this like, what's happening here? Who? Why? Why does it? Why is the compositing? But and I'm just asking myself these questions. I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm. I'm looking at Francesca Hayward dancing to save her life almost, and I'm. And then all of a sudden, I'm distracted by Judy Dench's hands. <laughs> it's just like it feels like it's just hastily, like a hastily packed suitcase. <laughs> it kind of looks like it's still a suitcase. It will probably still get you through the airport, but it looks fucking horrible. <laughs> so, and and yeah. another reason I feel so bad for this visual effects company. This is only like they did. They had to do all this cat stuff like two months after they had to redesign Sonic. Same one, and then right after oh, Cats they came the out, ones. they got closed down and all got laid off. So they so they had the worst twenty nine. They had the worst twenty nineteen ever. Yay! Like um, and then and then well, Nintendo was the pandemic. But Jesus. what what else did they do? But because when you think about this, like we tend to when when things go look right, like like I don't know, you watch a Marvel film and you'll be like, special effects are amazing, even though I, I often have problems with them because they look like okay, well we have a set budget. This is what it's going to cost. So some of it's going to look shit. And right? they rush it as well. Uh, yeah, but if you watch like times. a I don't know a. Let's just say Dune or Star Wars film that you know, you know that attention's paid to to visual effects, right? And when they look right, we always praise like the director. Oh, J.J. Abrams did this. Oh, fucking you know John Favreau this and that, right? When they and then no one actually goes and says, "Here's 157 people on the on the credit roll. It's a block of text, and no one gives them a tip of a hat, right? You we only shit on them." specifically on them when stuff doesn't look right and we don't really look at just what 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 did the people at the top say like the senior management on the project it's fucking shit the bed for me I'll, yeah. in a way this is kind of a problem that i have with film criticism in general is that it's the hard author theory <laughs> not well not just author theory but just in general it's hard to know exactly what went down on a set and pretty much everyone who talks about movies, unless they have insider knowledge, they don't know what happened on a set. So it's always easier to say, you know, the director helped put this together and just controlled everything. So let's praise the director. Well, it's, but but like things where people say, oh, the script is terrible because X, Y, and Z happens. And then they go like, oh, but that was improvised by the actor or the director said, actually, let's change it on the spot and all those things. So it's, at the core of film criticism, it's trying to make objective something that they don't know. And so even with Cats, it's, it's, it was like, oh, that's, a lot of people just threw the visual effects artists under the bus. But it's so much more complicated behind it because it's the visual artist and there's the guy who just does the skin and there's the guy who does the eyes and the guy who does the flying and there's the head of the thing and there's the art director. And not only that, they are, they, are not in, they are not in charge of character design. No. Yeah. And they, are, they aren't. And, they, they, and that's why... And, yes. Like that's why when like when that first Sonic trailer came out, the same thing everyone was criticizing them. I'm like, that was not their idea. No, no visual effects artist would would have made that design. <laughs> that was purely a studio 
Um, and they did fix it. They made it way better. But then it's yeah. also highly granular, right? As in, like, you have a visual effects artist, a singular artist who's responsible for King Kong's fingernail, right? That's all his job. Yeah. Or you, in this context, you'll have someone whose job is um, producing fake lens flares on um on, on the neon signs for it that's all yeah. all, all they do that's yeah. all they do they, mm -hmm. that they're so so when you when you have this sort of the division of responsibilities so minuscule that means you all you have no other recourse than if something goes wrong or goes well is to either praise the the senior management on the project or to blame them because someone's apportioning this responsibility in such a such a minuscule and almost micromanaging way that means they should uh, they should they should take the brunt of the responsibility when things go bad right and so yeah, yeah. but it's so, even more complex because they used ai to do a lot of the effects because that's what the butthole oh. cut story is is that the ai doing the visual effects like automatically assumed someone either forgot to bring out the code or they just assumed like put buttholes in there and so then they had to like manually take them out but it was due to like ai or some type of code that was putting in automatically so like I don't know anything about visual effects. I don't claim to, but like, I think there's a lot of pieces here and just blindly mm -hmm. judging. I think we all agree is wrong. Oh yeah. I mean, I, yes. I could see yeah. that there is, yeah, there, there is an F like a technical effort. Say when you look at these people's tails, I wouldn't expect someone's job being this. This is my job is to swing it that way or the other. No, there's an, there's an AI statistical algorithm run, running this, yeah. simulating this and making sure that this looks natural and it looks all right. But then there are certain things that you, you just feel like they, if they had a mission of making this look as close to reality as possible with the confines of this being live action animation, right? sort of merger of that i don't know if, that, if that's even a term but just closing this gap that way then they failed on 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 just this point that they should have actually stopped it request another requested another six or seven months delay and made this properly i think that yeah. that would have been a different story for me and maybe at least this wouldn't feel so jarring because this the story itself isn't the most sort of approachable because it's not a thing it's not a <sighs> traditional three-act narrative it's a it's a set of songs where cats introduce themselves it's a set of vignettes that all coalesce into a story at the end and I'm, by the way i have a question like what is exactly going on in the story as well do you want me to explain it to you because i can very quickly yeah it's okay. very easy because i have a theory yeah. but i don't know Thank so you, yeah Kyle. just tell me you just tell me so every year there's this talent show called the Jellicle Ball. It's Jellicle Ball. And every year one cat gets put into a chandelier mm -hmm. and floated up. And the idea is the logic is they get reborn into a different life. So the entire half of this film, the first half is people preparing for the Jellicle Ball, giving their performances. The second half is the Jellicle Ball itself, where you get to see more performances. And basically it's a talent show. The thing is, uh, McCavity is like a bad cat and he really wants to win but he doesn't think he can win off talent so what he starts to do is using his magic because some cats have magic you just kind of have to accept it is kidnapping all the cats and eventually he'll put them all on the barge and that way he's the only person in the talent show so he's the only one who can win so then he kidnaps them but old Deuteronomy the woman who gets to pick a ca the cat who wins no, he's basically the Simon Cowell of this world, you could say, is sitting there. And then she's like, no, but I'm not going to give it to you anyway. So he then kidnaps her and is going to kill old Deuteronomy, like just out of anger. And then magical Mr. Mistopheles uses his magic because him and McCavity are the two cats that have magic to then save her, bring her back. They dance. But Taylor Swift and also oh, Taylor Swift is working for McCavity, but also Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser are like 
backstabbing bitches who were are working from a cavity, but no one knows they're working from a cavity until the song McCavity. <laughs> Do you get it? So, um, it's see, a talent show. You it's just, a talent just, show with someone cheating. Okay, That's it. so just yeah, so just by watching this film, I got sort of until Another you said, oh, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Swift works for this guy. I was just like, okay, this is what I didn't. Get. Oh, Good. and yes. the girl who sings uh memory the thing is she's outcasted because she worked with mccavity previously so everyone's like you you betray but now she feels really bad and she's like an outcast all right so i have a question for you why why are there people performing in the first half of old deuteronomy's job is to judge the people's performances it's like people practicing <laughs> there that's the thing they're just practicing like because the new cat okay. i forget her name victoria sorry i don't forget her name there she's just wandering around and it's kind of a way to like change scenery like get to see some of these performances but the idea is that those okay. same songs will be performed during the actual thing also, the cast just okay. love to sing. They're like quirky singers, you know. It's like Hollywood. Jason Derulo. But see, this is this is where and it's not that I had a problem with this, but it was, like, I, I'm just trying to kind of confirm certain things because when we talked about Sweeney Todd, available on the Patreon, patreoncom Um when like Nichols, like, oh yeah, so they you know they dream of London. It's like I have no recollection of any of this shit, right? Because all of this happens in songs, and the songs are unmemorable. So I just check out while 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 Johnny Depp's <laughs> singing, and I and I have no. Clue what's happening. I wish I was. I wish I was on that podcast. I'm on the, I love that fucking movie. Yeah, never seen it. Oh yeah. Well, so I think the jury's out on this because I think some people love it, some people hate it, and I'm in the hate camp. So Nick, did you love it? No, I mildly enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. So, so I was. I just wanted to kind of sort of spe- specify this because I'm watching this and all. I'm. I'm just thinking like first for 25 minutes. Okay. Well, I don't know what's happening, but there. I'm just seeing. Int- I'm just seeing consecutive characters being introduced and they sing songs. And as they do this, I keep forgetting the ones be- before them. Is this on purpose or am I, an, am I an idiot? Are you? It doesn't really matter. That's kind of the thing in the end. <laughs> you just vibe with it. There's also some weird songs. Like there's one song, obviously the introduction is explaining what a Jellicle cat is, but it's not like mm-hmm. a good explanation. It's very vague. You have the one song about cats names where they go into, I believe mm. the graveyard, I want to say, and you learn a cat has three names. And like, there's little details like that, that like I are really yeah, this should filler, just ultimately. Fly but, like, by. The Sorry, point but... is, well, I think Jellicle at least, uh, Jellicle, yeah, Jellicle, Jellicle yes. cats is like a banger. Uh, you know, in terms of what so, how memorable songs are for me, this is like memory is basically a banger that you just know even without having seen Cats, right? This is just, oh, I know this song, right? It's a good song. But then music-wise, I always have problems with this because it's basically a very sort of 1970s prog rock, and then a lot of prog rock is exactly well. I want to say it's quite forgettable by virtue of being too complex for its own good. Yeah, it's just like yeah. So musically, it's just a, a little bit, a little bit wild for me. So and I don't know where you guys stand on, like, on the music in the film. Is... But isn't that an Andrew Lloyd Webber thing, <laughs> though? Like, I think so. Yes, yeah. It definitely peaks that music in that in that chunk where it's the rail song into McCavity, into Mr. Mistopheles, into um, Memory. Um, my problem with the music is just like a lot of the songs are too long. They're like five minutes long. They just keep going. It'll hit oh, the chorus the Ian like McKellen a third time. I'm like, I'm like, 70s okay. program. Yeah, the, the Ian McKellen one. That's the one. It's so, yeah. 
Can we talk about how he's like, he phones it in here and no offense, but then Ian McKellen went on Twitter and I've talked about this before. And he was like, before I die, I want to be in a musical. And he's trying to gaslight everyone that he was in Cats. I'm sorry. Just because you didn't do a good Gus the Theater Cat doesn't mean that you didn't do it. So I'm I sorry. think it's he's like the squirrel. worst performance. I think he's the worst performance. Agreed. Him and Idris Elba. Him and his... Oh. Yeah. Ooh, that's a choice. I think the middle portion of the film is undeniably a little bit slow. Because, like, you get the... I think there's a lot of bangers yeah. in the beginning up till James Corden. And then you take this really long pause until you get to that final, like, whoo, a 10 out of 10 stretch at the end. And that middle portion is a bit slow unless you truly, like, know and love these characters, which I accept most people don't. Wait, did you say there's bangers up to the James Corden? <laughs> Are you including the Rebel Wilson song? Yes. <laughs> There's a moment I'm in that somewhere kind of like when she's when she's just allegorical cat something something cat right is that her song wrong no wrong song but I love that no. line too and I love when they say metaphorical cats because that means we all are included we could be jellical cats because we could be metaphorical cats I can't even remember the Rebel Wilson song because the damn mice and the cockroach was that, no, was that the song in the kitchen that's the song in the kitchen no yes yeah what no um, I, yeah like, it is in the kitchen once yeah. the hustle and bustle is done that's when the grumpy cat song mm-hmm. or like the job has really begun um but i love the co- like yes you can say the cockroaches and mice look terrible which they do but like at least it stands out i think it's it like elevates body horror what stands, it's well, certainly what, memorable stands, stands up by virtue of looking horrible right but it's just uh. but maybe it's just better because then after that you get the iconic and i'm sorry i really do apologize jacob but or i guess you get <laughs> rum tum tigger in between then but then you get the james corden shadow on the wall as he's walking in and it's iconic <laughs> out of six yeah yeah tri- tri- trigger trigger warning james corden he's he's awful in they play world. him like a jump scare okay no that's wrong but they play him like a jump scare <laughs> they play him like a jump scare. i'm buster for jones i'm not skinning bones it's iconic out of seven I'm um, like yeah, we're at seven. Icon, icon, yeah, iconic. Yeah, we... I mean, I think at some point you're just like I'm starting to realize is is Carson describing things that are just unenjoyable as iconic? It's kind of like no, I love this cereal. It... It's awesome. No, it's not awesome. It's crunchy. I mean, actually, it's just... <laughs> number one, I'm gay, so you have to accept that. Number two, name another thing in existence that's James Corden in this film, like comparable. You well, can James Corden. Benny in other the Vito. Films, I don't know. Benny the Vito in Batman Returns, they look the same. Him, that. <laughs> See? That's true. See? Benny the Vito in, Benny the Vito in Batman Returns, iconic. Right. Agreed. <laughs> there we go. So it's just, Write but it down. I will say this there's one Him thing is... that's iconic on, about this, about this, to me at least, about cats as a concept, is the costumes, for instance. Sure. If you, show, if you showed me a silhouette of someone who looks vaguely like a cat and like with the sort of the fur sort of like collar whatever and just like replace everything with just blackness i would just say this is probably a character from cats or the lion king musical right yeah but equally disturbing but you you, stand on two feet most of the time in cats unlike lion king (laughs) yeah so you could say that there are certain things that you know you you have to give props to andrew lloyd Webber that for better or worse and i may i don't know i haven't seen the stage musical isn't if stage musical is just equally as camp as you prepared to this thing this thing it's more it's more Um, yeah yeah because it's so, like physical you know like you're really sitting there and someone's really in like a skin tight suit and it's really awkward so and sexual but like it's follow-up question i think we've kind of been been doing this anyway why what's what's the drive to make 
to abandon this, abandon the camp, abandon the sort of the physical, practical feel of the stage. If, if, if everything else is basically filming a stage production with a handheld camera running behind Francesca Hayward as she's doing these pas de vures and whatever, why? Why, why cover everything? Why, why have these people wear mocap suits? Why, why cover this in tons of CGI? I don't, I don't understand this one iota. I don't understand this one bit. Sorry. I know Tom Hooper said like, oh, all the prosthetics on their faces would take away from the emotion or something like He's that. He's a fucking um, idiot is what it is. But but here's the thing. <laughs> I don't mind specifically the idea of blending live action with CG, but just a full... They should have had costumes and then maybe mocap the face. I think it would have blended better. I think it would have looked more practical or at least have like some kind of real fur or something that's tangible, something that's there, something sure. that the, the characters They did that wearing. at the Oscars. What would Which make you have not, If you have not seen, go to at BP, at BP underscore movie reviews. It's my Twitter header. But um, in the Oscars, they had... Oh, your your so, your header um, picture is the is the thing, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's them from the Oscars. But they had like really good costumes there. Like if you just put some CGI over that, to and they were practical. Good. That's what yeah. made them I know. Good. If you just did touch ups, if you just did CG touch ups, it wouldn't. It would look better. Yeah. And you're going to I accept feel like it. And it, would it be, wouldn't be as wildly reviled. And it would but be camp, by definition elevated to the point of ridiculousness, right? Yeah, yes. it would be. <laughs> so. To what would make this camp? If keep the mocap suits, keep keep everything, but hire Jared Leto to to fucking do all of the all of these roles. It's a one man show. I want this. Don't don't. I would if I this would make oh this God. would make it camp. This would make Big it camp. Spoosh. Could you imagine Paulo Gucci walking out the part? I would cry. Well, I mean, no, I can can't. I mean, in, I, I want him to spend six months method acting becoming a cat and then instead of saying oh i've been eating arabiata and whatever no no i want him to like to start using the litter box for reels in his house he would he probably already does he probably would be. can you believe they <laughs> sent these people to cat like this a-list cast to cat school and they got like judy dench and taylor swift on their knees drinking out of a milk like thing jesus what I mean, a that's just it's just a power play it's just because tom hooper was as i can make dame judy dench drink out of, out of a fucking saucer he probably jerked <laughs> off as he did it too he was like ah, i did this um i will say that everyone on this film is like i had the best time filming cats so at least that's good that they had you apart from tell. the vfx artists right <laughs> well all the people who matter all the people who have a name in hollywood sorry oh, this is sorry great. john all the people all the people who matter all these people with foreign sounding names they just look like <laughs> just, they don't matter Except Taylor Swift, who (laughs) made a reference to cats in one of her, I believe it was folklore, where she complained that someone put her in bad CGI. I was like, "Hmm, okay. Weird to take a shot at cats a year later, but (laughs) go off. Someone put her in bad CGI, like in contrast to everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) She's one of the most pointless characters in the movie that's full of pointless characters. But she's great. Her song is like 10 out of 10. I'm well, not sure if her song is 10 out of 10, but yeah. If go I ahead, ever do ahead. a drag performance, I'm getting a moon and I'm doing that. I, I'm not a huge Taylor Swift. I'm not a, I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, and I think her song's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one she, of the best songs in the movie. She's good. The original song is good. Her rendition of the cavity is good. Because you're just out of style, that's what you are. Sorry. <laughs> just taylor swift reference anyway but in i will say that there's a mo- the moment with taylor swift the catney moment is gonna make an appearance let's put it that way it is one of the best moments of course yes 
I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave Carson. I'm gonna leave Carson in suspense. Oh, which list is gonna be? On? It has to be tough. You're not that bad. You cannot say it's a bottom moment. I respect you too much to believe that you would do that. Uh, I'm gonna zip it up for now. I'm gonna leave you in suspense. Ha! <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. I've, I've run out of things to say. Might as well just close the proceedings slowly, yeah. and then let's yeah. just let's just go around the table. Few extra because we all we can do is just keep arguing, and Carson's gonna keep shouting at us. And <laughs> I thought I was very respectful overall. I should say well, you were. until I'm until you, you lost your shit, <laughs> uh, which you know I'm the hoping this point. is gonna this is gonna be the viral gold this show needs. <laughs> um, yeah. I try. Yeah, because I, I don't know. I've I've run out of the things to say. I, I would really like this to be a camp, this sort of experience that it, I think you want. And anyway, Nicolo, tell me what you think about this. Tell me your final thoughts. Honestly, it's fun until it isn't. Until it is again. Until I just kind of remember it for for good reasons, for primarily bad reasons. Cats is an experience. I think you should, like, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, you should. Just because, yeah, you don't know. It's, it's, you don't know what you're going to think about it. Um, I have to say, I needed to rewatch it because I kept thinking about those same songs for, for two years now. At this point, it's been over two years. I kept thinking about those songs. I was like, I, why did they stick out to me? And why don't I remember any of the others? And rewatching it, I'm like, oh, of course, because it's like those songs, they say the same shit all over again. <laughs> they never, never change it up. Mephistopheles, Maccabees, like all those songs, they just say the same thing over and over again. It's just, it's, it's an earworm. And that's the power of Weber. I wish this was made by someone else outside of Toby, Tom, Tom Hooper. Jeez. Uh, it's, uh, it could have been so much better. It could have been either more meaningful or just more fun. And that's what it needed to be. I have to say, it's not as unwatchable as a like 1.4 rating makes you think on Letterboxd. Like, there's way worse musicals, in my opinion. Um, it is. It does have good things about it. We've talked about it. The, some of the effects are nice. I personally actually really enjoyed the camera work and the editing. Again, I... Hate. The handheld and camera. I'm a sucker oh, for handheld. Go, go. I, I agree. Nick. Handheld. I agree. It just immersed me in the in the scene. Like, oh man, I'm just behind the cat in the in the bush and the bin. Um, and on it, I do think the editing is good. The editing is proper good. I hate the Greatest Showman because I cannot make out anything that's happening. It's like an epilepsy attack. And this one, it's actually fo- like I can follow what's going on. It has nice transitions here and there. That's again. Tom Hooper, just remove him, keep everyone else who worked on this project, leave more time to the VFX artists. I think it would have been a very, very good time. As it is, it's just completely uneven. <laughs> mess. <laughs> just a mess. Okay, Kyle, how about you follow up? <laughs> so, so we can spread the negativity a little. <laughs> what I want to bring up that I brought up in the opening uh, statement and I didn't really elaborate on is... Mr. Mistopheles saves old Deuteronomy from dying and still doesn't get the chance to go to heaven. I, I, I don't, I still don't understand this choice. Either she should have picked both of them or picked him because like he, he the game did, is rigged. It's like high school musical three where life. the movie is ruined 
because Sharpay deserved the scholarship or whatever in High School Musical 3, clearly, and did not get it. I think the only reason is she's selfish because she's afraid of McCavity and she's like, well, Mistopheles could save me again. But that's not fair to Mistopheles. Is Okay, this is something I didn't ask. Is it is it common knowledge to un, to 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 see this whole film as like a the cut purgatory, as in like they're dead? No, because it's kind of just like oh she's redeemed and and that's why she goes to her, to whatever just to have her. No, it's because everyone life. hates her and like she's depressed, so they're like, okay, oh, I guess right. like you're either gonna do this or kill yourself. So I'll just give you this. Yeah, see, air I'm rice. trying to make it deeper, and if and, but and you're, you're don't not do that. Me. That's not the goal with cats. That will make it worse. But for uh, you. my closing <laughs> statements is just. I I remain fascinated by this film because I'll go from genuinely enjoying parts to being like, this is the fucking worst thing ever to ironic enjoyment to I get, it's a lot of different layers of like my feelings towards it. One of the things I didn't mention that I really like is like, I I'm a sucker for a good tap number. So when they started tap dancing and skimble shanks, I was like, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I I was just, I would, I would, I would I would watch it again with friends in specific circumstances or in a live crowd. Besides that, I'm not gonna really go near it again, but I, I'm I'm glad that I got to talk about it and air my my thoughts and feelings on it. Carson, tell us why we should love this. If you are someone who's into queer, fun, musical goodness, who just doesn't need any of this filmmaking bullshit, and you just want like a fun time, get drunk. If you need friends to have fun, get friends. If not, do it alone. I do it alone too often, honestly, that I want to say. And have a great time. Cats is not deep. It's not a great film. It's not filmed through a potato in black and white for three hours in silent film, like looking at the life of a pigeon or whatever y'all film fans want. But <laughs> it is what? so... Roy Anderson? That was yeah. a t- it was a TikTok thing. But oh, like... so it's not like a, a pigeon sat on a branch reflecting on, exi- on existence joke. The su- no. Swedish deadpan or whatever. No, but <laughs> like if you just want fun and you can have just fun watch cats it's not gonna be for everyone but like i don't know i have had so many laughs over the past year and moments of me just singing in my like living room alone having a grand old time and i think you might uh be able to also so watch cats it's great hold on just to just to clarify so you sit on your sofa all by yourself in your house just by yourself singing out loud Nurse? Uh, cats, absolutely. Nurse? <laughs> oh my god! And then you start like Mr. Mistopheles is so fun. Do it at karaoke if karaoke is around you. It's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah. And like Jellicle Cats is fun. McCavity, I like can do the movements. I love this. Like I truly love this film. This is my truth. I love Cats. It's the best film. It's one of the best <sighs> films ever made. I think we need a medic. <laughs> I mean, okay, so if you're queer and whatever, just go and watch Cats. If you're a straight one, man, go go and watch Comancy. Bitch, or... <laughs> you're all proving that statement right. Just saying, after this and Mamma Mia, I think we can prove queer people are more fun than straight people. Just no, saying. Watch Let's see, you should, you should I would then, have never argued then, against that, yeah. You should then retract all of your horrible statements about me and liking Congo, because this is your Congo. I'm telling you this. No, but Congo's <laughs> bad. That's the difference. No, see... <laughs> Potato, Amy potato. looks better than the cats in here. Amy, it's not supposed to look good. If all these cats were actual people in gorilla suits going, Amy, good gorilla. 
great film. Congo five stars. Congo literally five. was like one of the like I've never like no. it's one of the worst experiences of my life was watching that piece of shit film and then coming out of this podcast <laughs> and hearing all these boring straight ass white men try to tell me Congo was good. It was horrible, everyone. It was a hate crime. I honestly think it was terrible. Well, there was a hate crime on that podcast and was committed by you. Anyway, <laughs> wait, what did I say? <laughs> was that when I said your daughter had shit opinions? <laughs> No, you did. You did. You did say it on a different podcast, and then which is also a hate crime, because my daughter's opinions are amazing. Um, <laughs> Girl, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure uh, about that one. It's <laughs> just like, anyway, you know what? I I really I am happy for you. I'm happy that you that you love this film so much because I can't see this for for the life of me. I'd still I'd still be willing to go with with people to see this like and like the room sort of situation or troll to sort of like a fan midnight screening. I'll probably I'll probably leave leave it out leave leave out my final judgment until after that happens. But for now, having seen this alone on myself and not singing a fucking once, it's yeah. In the, on this podcast, I don't know. I sometimes see this as we just get together, like we're like free guns, right? Like they will just we go and open a bin outside of a restaurant, and they will just sift through it. We'll just sift through it, and then sometimes an untouched apple falls out, and you just say, "Look, free food! Look at this! Someone discarded a great-looking apple." Sometimes you bite into this apple, and it's rotten inside. It happens. Yeah. This is catch it. <laughs> Like it's just I can't I can't find myself I, I can't find it in me. There's too many things working against me trying to like it that I just gave up after a while. I'm just like okay, this is not gonna happen for me. This is just not my jam. That's that's just all all, all I'm gonna say. Like it's just like I feel exactly like like in this little clip from the Shawshank Redemption that I had in mind when I I was trying to get this project off the ground as these people just like you know like walking working in the fields just like we're looking for alabaster for andy or whatever and it's just like oh look i found i found the granite it's not like granite it's horseshit it's petrified it's horseshit right that's yeah sometimes i don't know i I feel like okay this is what i found i I, you know i broke it apart in my hands now And it's just it's just how I feel. I, I'm I'm sorry, Carson. I really I'm happy that you do like it, and I'm happy to to feel the energy in the room, especially that that you know like to see there are people passionate about shit that other people do not like. There's not people. There's just a person, Jakob. I'm not I'm not delusional here. Okay, I didn't think any, you were gonna like it, Jakob. Well, I don't think anyone else is gonna like this. I'm not crazy. Like no, but I get this is me. But you can hear like Nicolo's. Like I think you're doing doing a reasonable job anyway because like we've all kind of uh, arrived at the scene. Just like where Kyle Kyle's going, it's like I need to reflect on what I just saw. Right, whatever. This and is then, so much better than anything I thought this was gonna be. Like amazing. And, so you know we're just like I'm. I don't and. You can see that the sort of the positivity is always positivity is a is a is a is a better kind of energy that to to spread and then it spreads much easier than negativity, right? Because it, it's so it's it's so much easier to convince people that something's good than to convince people that something's bad. Right? As a fan of Rise of Skywalker, I don't know if I agree with that statement, but no, I I, I, idea. I absolutely <laughs> I kind of agree to, with you. See, because if you, if I like if I don't like Rise of Skywalker and you like it, if it feels cheap for me to tell you you're wrong, like you you go and have fun with it. I don't care. 
<laughs> like it feels wrong to tell you otherwise. Yeah. So which which is a courtesy that you didn't extend for me in Congo. It's always the same. Congo this because Congo, Congo was bad. See, no, it's you were not. wrong. It's great. It's great. Laura Linney is a treasure. <laughs> but I love He's... you and respect you enough to come yes. back for cats. See, that <laughs> says something, everyone. Yeah, so. but then you're gonna be gone for six months again. <laughs> well, pick good films. You're picking shit films. You know so what? What are you talking about? We're talking about showgirls next week. <laughs> Never seen it. Oh, you love hell. camp. You're gonna love showgirls. It's a different right. kind of camp, though. It, it's gonna, yeah, that's it's... also true. Do people generally hate showgirls? <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. I'm, I would love it then. <laughs> in 1995, when this was released, this was exactly like like cats. <laughs> Although, Y'all for different nine. reasons. Nine is so good, and no one talks about it. Just saying. Okay, <laughs> so like... I'll just I'll just say that yeah, for for me, it's a no. I'm happy that for some people it's a yes. And with that, let's just go into our top threes. Let's just start with Mr. Positive in the room. Carson, tell us okay. what is your top three. Unless you have like top 17 again. No, well, I have top five performances because I threw this out oh, there. Okay, well, maybe we we'll, let's do it. these. Let's do these. Do, 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 do all of us have yeah. top performances? Because, it, okay, as a talent show, I was like, well, it'd be funny to, like, or a lot funny, but it'd be fun to pick like the top performances. And I tried to do three. I really did, but I had to go five. The number five position, and we're just going to go through them rather quickly when I pull up my notes so I know what I pick. Number five, Buster for Jones by James Corden. Um, look, I'm sorry, Angel Lloyd Webber. Uh, this is good. Just saying. I don't know why you were judging this when you wrote Cats, but that's fine. Uh, he is funny. He has the great jump in this. He hits his little balls. He has the iconic. Oh, uh, here we go. It's iconic. Love James Corden. Uh, number four. Boys. Number four. This is controversial. Number four is Grizabella by Jennifer Hudson. I think memory's great. Don't get me wrong. But. I think that when it comes to theatrics, it's a little more stale with her just standing there. It's not quite as camp and fun as the rest, so I'm just going to put Jezebella 4, but she's great. Number three, Rum Tum Tugger by Jason Derulo, our king. What a sequence. It goes into the milk bar. You get the neon. You get Cass orgasming. It is everything. <laughs> and like his notes, it's fun. It's incredible. It is sexy. It is everything. Number two, Skimble Shanks the Railroad Cat. I am shocked that people don't love this one. Number one in the play, it's incredible. You need to watch the play version just for this because they create like a train and it's genuinely awe-inspiring. In the play or in the film, I'm shocked you don't like it when they all teleport outside and they're on the like train tracks. Me and Alina both agree, and this is not going to sound good, but Skimbleshanks is the hottest of the cats. Um, we love Skimbleshanks, and I love Skimbleshanks. Number one, though, Bombalorella by Taylor Swift. I am shocked that people don't love McCavity because I think it's one of the top film moments of all time her coming down hitting the catnip a key point for the plot a key moment for just everything um it is iconic ad number i think we're at 10 now 11 um 11 and it's it's great it is just i love that song so much and like i said if i ever do drag if i ever do karaoke we're doing that song because i can do the mannerisms i can do the entire song i love it so those are my i want to see carson and fishnets doing this song I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, get us good on Patreon. If you 
It's a patron goal. What did I say? If you get three to, bucks like, a month, ain't much, and you get to see Carson in fishnets. If you pay me enough, I'm getting a crawl tattoo, and I'm doing drag to uh, Macavity. So think about go. that, everyone. By the way, for kids at home who, when you, well, you've just listened to as a very passionate sort of listing of these great performances, and for kids at home, so you don't know, this was delivered by a man with whiskers painted on his face doing jazz hands half the time. Well, I got excited. Amazing. I didn't want to yell. I didn't want to scream. So, also, fun fact: the makeup is waterproof, so I don't know if I'll be able to get it off my face. So, we'll see. Oh <laughs> boy. Okay. Okay, Nicolo, go go next. Oh boy! Oh boy! Top three performances. I didn't know I had to write down the name. Okay, Skimble Shanks, the the railway cat, just amazing. That's that's going to be a common theme in my top three. When these cats come on screen, they command everything. And th- this song is just fun. It's a fun song, fun choreo, clever transition where it goes from like this, the, the ballroom to the, the tracks and then they're in the train. It's fun. It's super fun. I like it. I'm vibing with that song. Uh, and, I like, and I like the design as well. It's like a cool design for the cat. Anyway, it's like Super Mario. Anyway, uh, number two, it is Bumblerina. Taylor Swift. It's only one song. It's a waste. She goes absolutely like nowhere as a character. It, it literally picks her up and herself is like, oh, come with me. <laughs> it's like, where? We don't see her ever again after that. Whatever. Uh, but she's cool. Like, she she is a star. She just owns that song, Macavity, when she's singing it. And she's, yeah, she's fun. Um, and lastly, my favorite performance and character in the movie, trying to find the name. No, that's this uh, Growl Tiger, played by Ray Winston. <laughs> he has the one song, it's super short, doesn't ever say it's welcome, it's terrible, terrible singing, it's very fun. And I'm just kind of like, yeah. And he says the river Thames. Fun fact. When they teach you English in Italy, every single person tells you River Thames. Thames. And you read it and it's like, yes, it makes sense. River Thames. Thames. And then you go, it's like, no, it's Thames. It's like, where? No, it's, it's Thames. Thames. See, it's even worse. Like, Thames. <laughs> Thames what? Thames what? It's I don't Thames get it. River. And Ray Thames Winston, <laughs> he made me feel good about myself because he comes on screen it's like right and he there. rhymes. It's right there. It, okay. it rhymes it with Thames. And I'm like, yes, yes. And uh, James Corden is like, no, that's not how you say it. And he just laughs and I'm like, yes, yes. I feel validated in this moment. It's one of the best moments in cinema history. Some would even say iconic because it validated everyone who's been taught the, the wrong way to say Thames, Thames, Thames. <laughs> I don't care. No, it's not Thames, <laughs> it's Thames. <laughs> Thames, Thames, how it is. It, I don't know. English language pronunciation is a quagmire and should should not be approached logically. It's just like, oh, this word is pronounced that way. Great. Where was so this called when I pronounced Teton Titan, similar to the metal titanium, which is in like in the film? It's Teton. It's Teton, but it's because it's French. But you know, if it was Titan. an English, yeah. Heads up. And also, by the way, in, in the English language, as in English language, it's not titanium, it's titanium. 
There's which I call a back well. film. <laughs> I call it 1.5 so, on Letterboxd. So, so just, just to put it in perspective, Americans say titanium. It's properly pronounced titanium. Also, if you make fun of me, I went to speech therapy as a child, so you can't make fun of me because you're no, making just... fun of someone who had speech like issues. Don't, so. don't yeah, pull yeah, that speech well. therapy card again. Like it's just American pronunciation is just weird. I had to ride the short bus, so you're making fun of me. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. Anyway, Kyle, are you with us? Number five is Robbie Fairchild as Monkstrap. He's it's like a very subtle performance, but it's it's funny or it's fun and he's got a good singing voice. He's got a good presence. I like him. Number 4 uh is Taylor Swift as I'm forgetting the character's name, uh Bombalurina or something. Uh and and I I put her low because she's barely in the film, but what she is while she's there, she's good and and it's a it's a fun performance. Uh number 3 I'm going to put uh, Francesca Hayward I think she gives proper emotion to the character. I think that her her dancing, her choreography is great, and I think that um, she also has a presence. I'd like to see her more do more things. Um, number two, I'm going to say Laurie Davidson as Mister Mistopheles, who I just I just I, he's my favorite character in the show. He's like the one, the only one that I like am able to relate to on any level, and uh, he is he's a tw- he's a twink. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and the performance. <laughs> quickly, how do you relate? How do you relate to Mister Mistopheles? Are you a magician? Are you a, I, I would, or a twinker? What are you? I, I, I'm how just do you saying he's the most man? relatable in terms of like he's like the shy one that like I say like he yeah I, I'm saying he is the most okay. likable and like refined. Maybe that wasn't the right word. <laughs> he's the most likable character. Um, and and number one, it's uh, Jennifer Hudson. She she has the best vocals, the best like action. She thought she was gonna win an Oscar. I think I feel. Anyway, top five performances. I had to just quickly think of two more because <laughs> I just had three. So I'm gonna say, anyway, I'm gonna say Rebel Wilson. I like her. I'm gonna say I like how Ian McKellen doesn't give a shit. Sir Ian McKellen, sorry. <laughs> it's just he's just he's just fun. Okay, but no, number three, seriously, I want to say. Um, Taylor Swift has a has a good song and she, her moment is quite interesting. Uh, number number two, Jennifer Hudson, extra just just in general a very 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 good performance. And number one, Francesca Hayward, like no questions asked. Like, I love I, I love to see this woman dance. She's just great and her voice is very very interesting. Yes, now top three moments. Let's quickly do this. Kyle, do you want to go first? Top, top, top three moments. Um, I have four, and it's basically just the entirety of. Skimbleshanks, McCavity, um, uh, Mr. Mistopheles, and Memory. I think that is like the portion of the film I enjoy. I enjoy all of those songs from beginning to end. Um, besides the uh, the iffy com- comping on um, on Skimbleshanks, the rest of the rest of that whole chunk of the movie is like the the most I'm actually genuinely enjoying it. Like as in terms of quality, in terms of. Uh, you know all, all of that. So those, that chunk of the movie is the best part of the film. Okie dokie. Carson, top three moments. I mean, it's kind of hard because this film is entirely performances, and we just listed our favorite performances. But I guess like non-performance specific moments in no order. James Corden's shadow, the jump scare of James Corden, iconic. <laughs> the twist when you're underneath the table with the cockroaches and it twists to have Rebel Wilson in frame, great. 
Um, and then my last moment, I guess, is going to be the transition to when they're on for Skimbleshanks, when they transition to the outside. I love that shot. I think it's beautiful. I think it's gorgeous. I love the outsideness. I love it. So those are my top three. Fabulous. Nicolo, indulge. I really like the cat pans that are present on the billboards and the building names and whatnot. They're fun. They're fun. I'm like, eh, it's fun. Um, Do you like when Rebel two. Wilson goes, uh, don't mess with the crazy cat woman? No. Okay. I just want to get a, <laughs> a check there. Uh, number two, I really liked when James Corden got hit in the balls and everyone reacted. <laughs> number one, there's a cat that never has his own song, but he's present from the opening to the end, and it looks so much like Kyle McLachlan. It's insane. Wow. I struggled. <laughs> Uh okay, that's my turn now, right? Yeah. Okay. Top three moments. I don't I don't want to say I'm gonna put no, there's gonna they're gonna be in order. Because okay. James Corden being hit in the balls. Kind of sort of tied with his hits when he goes <laughs> very, very, very odd. Um the thank you sucker moment, as in like when when he puts down the mouse and the mouse says thank you, sucker, <laughs> just giggled a little. <laughs> And then this, the only standout, that, the scene that I remember from, from the film and I think I'll remember for, for much longer is the catnip moment when Taylor Swift just descends and there's this, this sort of, I don't know, sort of, I don't know, just shards of light, like this sort of glimmering sort of um, like confetti going, going down. I was just like, that's, that's a nice image. That okay. sounds very iconic to me. It's 13. <laughs> <sighs> Bottom three moments, Kyle. Okay, bottom three moments. The fucking cockroaches and the mountain and the mice and the Rebel, Rebel Wilson song are horrifying, terrible, yeah. it, just the worst things ever. Number two, the whole barge escape scene with like that awful slapstick humor with like a chain and the, the cat lady pun and like all of that is just is garbage. And uh, number three is the reveal of what Idris Elba looks like without the trench coat, which is purely <laughs> nightmarish and and awful looking. It's like I do not know how they thought that design was good, but it's like it's horrifying. You and me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Carson. This is You're hard. Too. This is a, might be the no, hardest top no, three ever. <laughs> number. Okay, I'm gonna go again. In no order. <laughs> I don't like the barge. I don't like the song on the barge. I like when they're like escaping because she has the suit on, but I don't like the barge overall. I think the song for Growl Tiger, I believe, not good. Number two is going to be, I think that the Mungo Jerry Rumple Teaser song goes on for one like thing too long, one verse. We got it. You can move on. It's a little long. That section's already dragging, so not great. My dragging. last one is going to be, oh, this is difficult, y'all. Um, no, it's not. I can give you some of mine. <laughs> probably, I guess. I don't. You know, enough for everyone. <laughs> um, here's my truth. I don't like it in Rebel when Rebel Wilson scratches her inner thighs. I think it's weird. I don't love that. So that's my. It's third. such a Rebel Wilson move, is, by the way. <laughs> but it's iconic. It is also great. To be clear, just like with Mom, yeah, these are all great oh, moments, dude. but they're just like they're not it. You know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Nicolo. Bottom three moments. Number three as a tie. It's Rebel Wilson just removing her skin. That's showing off that she has a dress underneath. And then it's tied with Idris Elba removing his coat. And it's also kind of tied with just Judy Dench has a coat, but it's her fur. 
how does any of this work? I don't know. I don't it's know. It's not very vegan friendly as well because it's, it's clearly not. a fur, as in like a proper animal fur. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, Ugh. Um, so odd. Anyway, number two, it's the final song. Judy Dench just breaking the fourth wall and staring right into your soul, talking about cats and dogs. Yep. Just wow. Oh, it never ends. Like the movie's over and she just keeps going and going. And you're not even laughing anymore. You're just kind of zoned out. And there's the guy making the weird faces in the background. Just kind of like, oh, yes, I'm super into this. Like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You probably spent an entire day just waiting to shoot this freaking moment. It's going on forever. Anyway, lastly, Number one, how in the hell no one recognizes McCavity? He is wanted, he is the most dangerous cat, there's posters all over the wall, and everyone is kind of like, oh, this man is just calling me, and I'll go to him. And then he's just kind of like, oh, but that's me, I'm McCavity. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, you're McCavity, you're the guy I've seen all the posters around, and she just kidnaps them. Like, how does no one recognize him? His face is everywhere. Because it's so much fun, Jen. I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> you don't get it? <laughs> I don't. I'm so happy you're applying logic to this. <laughs> uh, well, you know, someone has to do it. Okay. Yakub, go for okay. it. Okay, dishonorable mention would be... Uh, yeah. Gordon's furball on the barge. Unwa- unwarranted. Like, who needs this? But, okay. Idris Elba's character... It's just the way he looks, behaves, and he fucks off. I don't like him. I'm not even sure he sings very well. He's like, he has this sort of Peter Stormer energy to him. It's just just not good. Seeing Judy Dench just in general is a nightmare. So it's kind of a tie between her hands and the the monologue, the Jonathan Demi close-up at the end. And she just talks about dogs not being cats. She can fuck off. And then the absolute bottom for me is just like how how this is just the the pouring wine on James Corden and it looks like it slides off of him like of like of a Teflon saucepan. It's just fucking gross. And it's just it is the epitome of what this what's wrong with this film, isn't it? Just it's it's attempting something that and and failing at it miserably. Anyway, that's me. Cats can be streamed on Netflix in the UK and in some other markets is available on Prime and elsewhere. It can be rented or purchased from all major vendors as well as acquired physically, which I hope I hope Carson already has a 4K. Oh yeah. So there you go. So I think this is it for this episode of the Uncut Gems podcast. Where can we find you all on social media, Kyle? Cool. You can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K-R-I-E-G-H-B-A-U-M. I also have a podcast with my buddy Jordan, Kyle and Jordan Cinema Shakedown. You can follow that on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown. And it's on everywhere you can get a podcast, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, all that. Fabulous. Carson, where can we find you and your work? You can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews, Letterbox Carson Tamar, words at a bunch of places, Clapper, Filmotomy, Awards Watch, Buttered Popcorn. That's the main one because that's mine. I also have a podcast, Clappercast, new episodes every single Tuesday. A little scoop here. We're moving to Tuesdays. Um, so just keep that in mind. But Ooh. yeah, we talk about new releases and we have a grand old time. So check us out on everywhere you find podcasts. Oh, wow. Just recently talked about something older, by the way. 
Yes, well, we're doing we're Nine, having right? two series right now where we do every other week we do a road to WrestleMania, road to Oscars, because we and we review either an old film with a wrestler in it or we review a new film that has acting nominees from this year in it. So we just talked about Nine okay. and Murder on the Orient Express. So then, yeah, it's it's good, good shit happening. Diversifying, that's what it's called. Nicolo, where can we find you and your stuff? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nikki197, and there you can find my link tree forward slash enjoy the movies, where you can find links to all of my videos, short films, reviews, articles, and the Death by Adaptation podcast. Amazing. And you can find me at Talk About Film and on Litterbox <laughs> on Asiaco Flash. No. <laughs> no, it's no. too far. Yes. On Letterboxd, <laughs> Flash. you can read my stuff on Clapper, on clapper.tv.co.uk, and on flashonfilm.com. You can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok until get, we get banned because they don't like saucy language. Uh, at Uncut Gems Pod everywhere. And also facebook.com slash Uncut Gems Pod, which is basically this feed for our brand new HQ website, which is uncutgemspodcast.com, so where you can go and find pretty much everything else that we have that's easily accessible, searchable, and then you know, br- browsable. Uh, yeah, so like, re- retweet our stuff helps us a lot. What also helps us a lot is rating and reviewing the show. So if you're, the app you're listening through allows you to rate or review the show, please do so. It really helps us a lot. Um, if you don't have these sort of means on your on the app that you're using, you can always go to podchaser.com, find us there, and then leave a review if you like, if you, if, if you like to do that. It will be very, very appreciated. Anyway, you can also send us an email at uncutgemspod at gmail.com or simply go to uncutgemspodcast.com slash contact to get in touch. And if you enjoy what we do, consider buying us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash uncutgemspod. And if you'd like to hear more of our stuff, subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash uncutgemspod where three bucks a month gives you access to bonus shows from us like retrospectives, tie-ins, and that recent episode on the elephant man that we just dropped and other things so be sure to tune in next week as we will be talking about a different kind of trash uh, as we'll be heading over to the 90s again to talk about Paul Verhoeven's showgirls which should be interesting to say the least so look out for that and in the meantime I hope you have a fabulous day and we'll see you next week bye bye